You know what, Parlay Pete? I forgot to tell you this. Um, and I literally just thought about it as I'm opening up the show. But I got a little a little video I want to start the show with today. You know, you really inspired me last week on the show. And I just think we should start here. Let's see. Damn it, man. I hate when YouTube gives us these 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 freaking ads. These freaking ads. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so annoying. At the Silver Dome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's a day that I'm certain my guests at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, <laughs> Macho Man nothing Randy. Means nothing. Nothing. nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Oh, I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Macho Madness, he has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania 3. Yeah, let me say it. Yeah, let me say it out loud. And let me point to the president of the World Wrestling Federation. The Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision. Yeah, I am the cream in the World Wrestling Federation. He was coked out, bro. Like, I mean, and you know he was. Like, those 80s wrestlers were so coked out. And I, I know we were talking about this yes last night, how, you know, and I guess I'll save that announcement. But in general, I mean, I guess it, we're already doing this Thursday show. But the fact is, even little shit like that, we could have something where we do wrestling. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't awesome. wrestling anymore, but – I don't either, but we but can. We all watched it during the probably the best period of wrestling ever. Nineties and two thousands. Yes, that, I mean, that ninety eight to like oh five era, like is undefeated. Ninety seven. I, I think know. that was just the best time of life. You had MJ, Braun, Kobe. You had rap music, like at its. And it's like, you know, we got kids. early Kanye, we got Jay, we got Wayne, kids. we got Hot Boys. Kids TV shows on Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. And I guess Disney. I was never really a Disney I kid. I wasn't a Disney kid either. But Nickelodeon, like, you know what I mean? Like, we're talking Powerpuff Girls. We're talking Tsunami, fucking Hey Arnold. Like, like you know what I mean? Brocco's Modern, like, like, all these, like, yeah. Trips. Like, yeah. Like, life was yeah. so much better. Bro, you had N1 on TV. I just remember uh, run and shoot going there. We were like, I was talking to you yesterday about basketball. They played a tournament at run and shoot. Like, so I've been there and like hot sauce was in there. As he should have been. Yeah. But, but that was like AM one's headquarters. Right. So I'm always there. So let's, let's just make the announcement. Uh, uh, we've been doing the big baby and friends podcast all through football season. And it's really just been big baby and parlay Pete. So and I occasionally, and occasionally, major parlay. Yeah, and we, and brought, then we had a guest appearance by none other than Jew Turner. Yeah, Jew Turner. Know. What a what a great guy. But uh, I said, hey, parlay Pete. What about this man? Let's just do the Big Baby and Parlay Pete podcast because we got other stuff that we want to talk about. That's like way cooler than just footballing hats. Yeah. So let's just do it because we have this great chemistry, man. But let's open up the show on a more somber note. Uh, R.I.P. to Kobe Bryant. Uh, I, I can't not say R.I.P. to Kobe because of what he meant to our generation, what he meant to me. Um, I mean, one of my best rants ever 
back in the Snapchat sure. days, was, I mean, hands down, is a Kobe rant. Like it, it was, was great. It was, I was maybe you can even end the show with that being played because it was an epic ass rant. I mean, I remembered it to this day, and I guess you know what? And because that was such a memorable day, Kobe's last game, it was mm-hmm. so memorable as a fan. Um, and you know, just like you, I mean, he's meant a lot to me. He's my favorite athlete over any sport of all time. He he embodied exactly what I always wanted to do when I got on the basketball court, and that was go out there and be the best. And I always felt like if there was anyone that came out there and um, was going to show that he worked harder than you the day before to be ready for that day, it was Kobe. Absolutely, man. And he left. He leaves behind a great legacy, you know, great shoes, uh, he made great strides for the women's game. And, Beautiful daughters. Yes, and the Mamba mentality. And I, I, I have mixed feelings on the Mamba mentality because I, I have so much respect for it. And the phrase just gets used so much. And I sit back and look, and I'm, and I say sometimes, "Hey, you people are disrespecting Kobe by claiming that you have the Mamba mentality because." If you don't know him, you don't know what it took for him to be wired that way. And I'm not saying that you're not winning in life and you're not working hard or focused, but, or focused, but your your significant other looks way too happy for you to have the mama mentality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they should almost be pissed at you because you're so dedicated. Like, you're you're popping too many bottles on socials for you to have the mama mentality. Right. And, and not to say that Kobe did not have some level of work life balance in good, in good time. Of course he had a good time, you know? but his balance was not balanced. You know what I mean? So and that's what makes it so sad, you know, that we lost him because this was a guy, obviously, as soon as he's done, he gets into the stuff he had been wanting to do. Obviously he you could tell he did love it. He loved, I mean, and most people love their kids, but he definitely loved his daughters. And for me, being a girl dad myself, you know, that's why today I posted that picture because it just makes me think. I'm just like, man, I couldn't imagine me and my daughter being in that predicament and me not knowing what to tell her when I know what's about to happen to us. And like she does too, but there's nothing like you can't even comfort. You know what I mean? Like you're and it's like kind of your fate. You already can't say goodbye or anything. It's so sad, man. It's like one of the worst things ever. Yeah, man. Um, where were you at when you found out? I was crazy enough. I was at my house and getting ready to go to the gym. Um, funny enough, because it was on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I was getting ready to go to the gym. And then I was on my phone. And then I saw something that TMZ says Kobe Bryant reportedly dies in helicopter clash. And so I'm thinking at first that like it was fake news. Honestly, I'm like, okay, a hoax, whatever. And then, uh, so I turn on the TV, I go to ESPN to make sure like, okay, well, they're not saying nothing like, and how goddamn, how fast was TMZ with this? And so then I turned it, I think something was on the pro bowl might've been on like ABC and they like interrupted or the broadcast before the Pro Bowl, it was something. And they interrupted ABC with ABC World News. And then like they were essentially saying, like confirming it. And I'm like, holy shit. 
So I called my brother, like, you know what I mean? Like other big, co- like, I'm, I, you know, I'm like, all right, man. Like, you know, they're saying this. And then there were all these rumors that he was with his entire family. Uh, then like Rick Fox or somebody like, you know, they threw like Rick Fox in there. Um, and it was just, a, it was such a crazy thing, especially being a fan. I, I still to this day cannot believe that Kobe Bryant is dead because I guess because of how important and how big of a fan I've been of his mind and he's part of my life. Like it just, I still can't believe it to be totally honest with you. It's, it is really still hard to believe he, um, you know, and then to go out that way, knowing he was about to get in the hall of fame. And then of course, once he died, it just seemed like the world flipped upside down because of COVID coming immediately after um oh and then let's not forget too the fact that the night before the lakers played the sixers in philly and lebron james you know we're talking about the two people that have been linked to each other our entire you know childhoods essentially for the most part you know the basically the last two greatest the greatest basketball players since michael jordan yeah from a popularity standpoint skill and just overall marketed the two most popular basketball players, he passes him on the on, he passes him on the scoring list in his hometown the night before. Kobe sends him a message, and then the next morning he dies. Like it's fucking crazy. No, nah, man, it's absolutely crazy. And I remember receiving a text from somebody who's not a sports, not a especially not a basketball fan. And I respond like, yeah, no, this is a lie. Cause like I check Twitter, I check, yeah, check Chrome, like I'm like, yo, this no. And then, like, I, like, roll back over because I'm in California. It's in the morning in California. I'm hungover because it's a Sunday. And, and then, like, I get the text. And, I, and like, I, I see it pop up, like, whether it was, like, on IG, Twitter, whatever. I find it. And I go, oh, no, it really happened. And I went and kicked it with one of my homegirls that day. And I, I, I thanked her because I didn't look at my phone, like, the whole day. We were just, like, watching movies, chilling, talking and stuff, right? But my phone was like down because I didn't want to open up Facebook. I didn't want to open up Twitter. I didn't want to open up IG. I knew that was going to be all over the timeline. People were going to tell me how much they loved Kobe. And it was going to piss me off. Uh, people were going to just be talking about it. And the shit was sad. Like it was, yeah. it was the first celebrity death that I actually cried about. And like cared about. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that crazy though? You see people die. Like, I mean, I remember when Michael Jackson died too. It wasn't exactly what I was doing when he died. And I'm a, I love Michael Jackson's music. I didn't cry over it, but I cried about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, no, I think he was the first one from our generation that we really felt. And because it happened so soon and so sudden, it, it really hurt. But hey, man, we're 11 minutes in. We're, we're not going to cry here today. Yeah. But, <laughs> no. but no, RIP. Rest, to- rest in peace to Kobe. Gigi and the seven other passengers that were on that uh, helicopter that day. It's Absolutely. So, it's still so sad. I mean, thoughts and condolences to the family, man. And this is going to be really selfish and maybe even shouldn't say it, but I really hope Nike and Vanessa can get something figured out. Uh, <laughs> no, I, nope. Look, we want to provide, and nobody wants to have to be paying $2,000 for Kobe's for the rest of their life. Yeah, nah, you know what I mean, they were some of the best. Hooping, oh, shoes. they really are. No, they're by far the best shoes to play basketball. Yeah, like they're so comfortable, like reinforced. And, and, and you know what's crazy? He was the first person to get the low top mm-hmm. with the ankle support because obviously niggas were wearing, you know, they were wearing whatever. 
I guess it mids. We were wearing mid shoes to play basketball. But in and before Kobe dropped those, I would say he was wearing the hyperdunk. That was kind of yeah. like that was low key his shoe. The hyperdunk and the Harachis. Yep. Right. Both of them. Yeah. And so, um, but no, I'm with you on that. Now, hopefully, hopefully they can give that, especially because then his daughter's daughter's daughters are going to be okay for forever. Well, they gonna be okay no matter what. Yeah, that's true. That bag was good, and that 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 oh, lost body armor. You fuck with body armor. Oh yeah, I'm a body armor guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. Now Kobe yeah, had his business together, man. So breaking news yesterday in the NFL because this is this is still a, a football podcast until after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, breaking news in the NFL: Sean Payton steps down. Now there were rumblings. Michael Lombardi, he talked about this about two weeks ago on his uh, podcast with Adam Virk, um, the GM Shuffle, and he talked about, like, hey, man, I'm hearing Sean Payton's thinking about retiring. You know, he may go to Dallas. Uh, he may take a gap year, then go to Dallas. And apparently he got, like, killed on Twitter for this. People are like, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to recant that statement. And then about a week or so later, the, the, the tea leaves, you know, now like a, a rap sheet breaks it. So now we got to believe it because if it doesn't come from Schefter, rap sheet, or freaking um, Glazer, we don't think it's true. And it's like, no, there are other people who can break stories in the NFL. Like Chris Morrison can still break a story every now and then, you know. Yeah. There are some people out here that you don't know of, like just like in basketball. Uh, people weren't believing in Chris Haynes until they started believing in Chris Haynes. Like there's some people out here who can break stories. Yeah. And the story gets broken and um, then it happens. It actually happens. And um, listening to Cowherd today, he said that he was speculating Dallas or Oakland would be a move for uh, Sean Payton. But then he made some phone calls and what he's hearing is his, his three options are TV, TV and TV. And I think it's going to go to TV. Amazon just acquired the exclusive rights to Thursday night football Somebody's got to be be on the call. It's not Troy and and Joe. And um, why do you? I, no, you like Troy. I love. I love. No, I love them. I'm just saying, like, they're not going to be on the call anymore because now it's exclusive with Amazon. Yeah, they got to hire so weird. But think about it. You know, everybody has Amazon. But I know where you're going with this. Peyton would be great. Yeah, he would. And and you know what's even weirder? That what? movie about him. It's like coming out Friday. So, what are the chances that this news breaks? Do Come on, you, man. Do it's you the think, rollout. Now, he might have known in a weird way. Because think about it. We were at that Falcon-Saints game. What would be his last game ever, I'm going to assume, as the Saints coach? Do you think that on that sideline that day, he knew that if the 49ers had won and they were eliminated, that that was going to be his last game coaching there? Do you think, think he knew so. then? I think so, yeah. And if he did, is he purposely – Dropping this news the week of his this movie getting released. Yes. Yes. Fucking Kevin James playing Sean Payton. Like what, what why is Kevin it? James playing Sean Payton? Like as if Kevin James isn't fucking, I don't know, at least 120 pounds heavier. The best actor got the job, right? I mean, I'm sh- I I may or may not watch it. I'm not running to the theater to watch it, but because I'm not a Saints fan, so like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like I'm, I mean, I'm celebrating Sean Payton stepping away. Uh, I mean, Damn. but here's something I want to throw at you because the Cowboys fans are going crazy about Sean Payton. We're talking about Sean Payton, you know, one of the great 
innovative offensive minds of this league, which I agree with. What if I told you Sean Payton? <laughs> what if I told you Sean Payton is a product of Drew Brees in the same way that people try to make Bill Belichick a product of Tom Brady? What if I said that to you? What would you say? I think that the difference between the two, obviously winning, but like at the same time, Sean Payton's an offensive coach. And Drew Brees, we got to see still before he got hurt. We saw a healthy Drew Brees in San Diego. And he had maybe the most gifted running back of the generation in LT. Can we can we agree on that? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue it. Yeah. They, they played Marty Ball. Marty Schottenheimer was a solid coach. Like, you know, Marty Ball. Um never won a Super Bowl, but they always won a ton of games. Um, Sean Merriman, these teams. All I'm saying is this. We did see what Breeze was beforehand. Um, in a weird way, they're kind of it's kind of one of those things where it matches up really well. And I just say that because at the end of the day, I do think Sean Payton's a great play caller. And, you know, it doesn't take away from Drew Breeze's talent. The same way with Belichick, it doesn't – Tom and Belichick's a defensive guy. But, like, Tom's accomplishments, people have got to remember that Tom's first three Super Bowls, he made the throw that he needed to make, but they were product of the defense. And so and I felt like that Saints team that did win the championship, it was a good team, like, on both sides of the ball. And so I just think that, like – you know, obviously, the most replayed thing from that Super Bowl was Peyton Manning throwing a pick six to Tracy Porter, and so. Um, and second is that uh, that uh, onside kick that Sean Payton called. and the onside kick exactly. And so, so I, that, and that, like, and think about it, that's a Sean Payton call. I don't, I think Sean Payton's a really good coach. I I, I, top, I think he was top five in the NFL for sure. He's yeah, he's one. Like, look what he pulled out of that roster, and he was he's a a Rams win. Uh, not smoking away a game where they were up 17-0 away from being in the playoffs with a, a quarterback room of Jameis Winston, who he lost early, Taysom Hill, Mike – not Mike Glennon. Um, what's that guy's name? What was, what was that backup's name? Trevor Simeon? Trevor Simeon, yeah, and then uh, Ian Book. Like, that was his quarterback room. Which is probably why he's leaving. That he's actually leaving. I heard he's burned out. Sure, and then just, I, I bet he's burned out a little too. Like, yeah, that, no, that's that's what Calher said. He he was told that he was burned out, and I mean, he was burnt out. He was in cap hell. Mike Thomas isn't coming back. I think he's got to deal with Slant Boy. I mean, like you know, like I don't blame him for retiring, and he's gonna get a stupid bag to work. TV and and we all know. So now Mike McCarthy's job is safe for one more year. Is what that set means. His job is safe. The Cowboys, anything short of the Super Bowl, he's fired. So <laughs> and let's just keep it a hundred. Let's let's. The Cowboys haven't made the NFC Championship since when? Nineteen ninety-seven. No, their last Super Bowl. So ninety-five. Ninety-five season. So ninety-six. Yeah, but ninety-five season, I believe. All right. So let's do the math. Um, so we're coming up on 27. 30 years 
getting real close. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't – I don't see why he wouldn't be the Cowboys coach in 2023. There was a report that came out that said that um, the trade was almost in uh, for the Cowboys and for Sean Payton to um, to go to New uh, leave New Orleans and come to Dallas. But uh, Mickey Loomis, who was running the Saints at that point, the Saint who runs the Saints and was running the Pelicans at that same point in time, did not want to be uh, the guy in the city who traded away Sean Payton and Anthony Davis in the same year. I mean, you need a hot water. Oh, and then guess what else is looming in that same city? What? Zion Williams. And we haven't talked much basketball, but I don't even know where Zion's at. Fucking play a basketball game again in New Orleans. (laughs) Like, I mean, but think about it. And don't they, the Bensons, they don't own the, do they own the Pelicans? Yeah. Okay. So he's got a monopoly. I, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Because right, AD. Right. We already just said AD. I look. Them people are about to be in hot water. All right. <laughs> Bayou is it's really turned into a fucking sauna. I mean, uh, uh, uh crawfish bowl, man. They have a crawfish yeah. bowl. Yeah. Uh, like, you're gonna burn some crawfish. Sorry, family. I, I'm not making fun of your accents. I just think you speak differently than I do. Baby, yeah, I mean, this, this shit is real. This shit's real, man. It's real. You no, know, yeah, you heard me. Yeah, yeah, no, baby. Yeah, I know. I heard you. Yeah. He, he's like, he's like Sean Payton quitting on the team, huh? <laughs> We're not gonna win another ring, huh? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh like, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill getting the bag, huh? Alvin Kamara, he's gonna switch teams too, huh? Like he won't go to Atlanta, huh? Right. He needs a home, huh? Right. Well, they need a running back, back, huh? He ain't got with P, huh? Right. He's free, yeah. huh? And you, you know it's crazy. <laughs> Did you not low key see that happening once Matt Ryan shits off the books? Oh yeah, I can see. Because they'll have the money to absorb it if they want him. I, now I, the issue is, is that the Saints would never trade him. They would never trade him to the Falcons. I don't know though, because Fontenot may just say, "Hey, Mickey, my guy, I, Mickey." Ah. Y'all in the full rebuild. It's not happening no time soon. You need to get Ian off the books. Now, I don't want to face, but even though he would be on the back end of his, unless they think it's going to hurt us, because what do you, what do you, and we might draft a run. I don't know what's going to happen this offseason, but I, I haven't even thought about the offseason yet. Um, I'm not as sold on Kamar as everybody else is. I mean, he's a great complimentary back, but he's not a bell cow. He needs Mark Ingram. And he, he definitely needs a guy that will take 10 touches a game. Yeah. No, he just needs a guy who can do the stuff that he that he you don't need him to do. I think he's highly talented. The the, the you know, and he's solid in the red zone. Like he's solid. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he gets in the end zone, but like he does need more of a bruiser, somebody to really punish, you know, a defense. Yeah. He needs uh my guy. He needs a big trust back, but that's not happening. So let let's kind of Let's let let let's let's get to some playoff matchups, right? Or, or excuse me, pay, playoff recaps. So I got some topics up here because, you know what? Here's what we're gonna do. I, I did this. I did a little monologue. I opened up Monday's podcast talking about conclusions matter, and we talk about this being the greatest playoff weekend of football ever, with, capped off by the greatest football game ever. And I say maybe, but. 
conclusions matter. When you think about the ending of a movie, the end of a show, uh, the end of a series, you know, uh, a night out, the conclusion matters. Like you can go out and have a great night out with the guys. And then you want to get you want to get a little tail at the end, have have sex, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't have sex. And you go, the whole night was whack. I'm like, no, it wasn't. We had a great time. We just didn't have sex. Right. Or you can have a terrible night. It was awful. But then you go home to a little something, something. And you go, hey, bro, that night was lit, wasn't it? Right. <laughs> no, it actually wasn't. It was pretty boring and just ended it the right way. Right. So when we talk about this being such a great weekend of football, it ended the right way. And with four games ending in walk-offs, it ended the right way. So we got so caught up on the conclusions of the game. But let me tell you that the Tennessee-Cincinnati game, it was, a, it was a decent watch throughout the game. I mean, if you're into watching Joe Burrow getting his ass kicked and Ryan Tannehill well, just, just throwing the ball. Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> let's, let's call it what it is, being Ryan Tannehill. Who, he, he showed his true colors. Oh, yeah. And, and let me tell you. I don't know if that's an indictment on him just being a fraudulent quarterback or if Arthur Smith really needs some some credit for what was going on there the last two years because it's weird. I mean, they got the number one seed this year, right? Nobody and, feared him. And with the hurt Derrick Henry did that. Nobody feared him. Yeah, but, you know, and if anyone looks back at our picks that we sent in last week, six and two, by the way, um, which we typically do, which we typically do as a six pack. So technically, if I had left off the two things I didn't like the most, could have been six and zero. Even though the Packers were definitely going to be one of those teams, but um, yeah, I, I think that that in that game, you you start talking about the Titans and Ryan Tannehill. They were pretenders this entire time. AJ Brown, like I said to me, I don't know how a lot of people view him. I don't view him as this alpha male number one receiver. I think he's a good player, but he honestly probably is better suited being a two. I being like a really good two. I view him in the same light that I view a Calvin Ridley. Um, No, I think Calvin's better than him. I'm not saying that. That I'm not getting into. I think Calvin is one. I view them in the same light where where if they're they're good enough to be your one. But you're much more happier if they're your two. Fair, okay, fair. But I think Calvin can be a top. I, I think he is a top ten receiver. I think we need a number a first a first round pick for Calvin, but we're not going to go there. So let's talk. Like, and, and getting back to some of those games, right? The conclusion, like, really, like, bought us in because let's be real. That Green Bay 49ers game was 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 not good football. It was not a good TV product. No, it wasn't. It was an awful TV product. You watch the Rams, the Rams Buccaneers game. Brady rolled himself into a comeback, but it was a lot of sloppy football. It was, and let me tell you the word I kept using in the chat for the entire game. It was lethargic. Brady looked lethargic the entire game. You know, typically if he's pissed, you know Brady's pissed, whether he's breaking um a fucking uh what's that, a tablet. Uh, you know, he might throw his helmet. He might get in somebody's face. Brady just didn't. Let me tell you, and I don't, I don't believe he's going to retire. But he did look like somebody that was just. He didn't look. I mean, he didn't look great by any stretch. Like I think he could still play next year easily. But at the same time, he looked like somebody that, in a weird way, might have lost 
his fire for the game. Like, and I don't know if that was because he kept getting rushed to throw the ball and he hadn't, even though they had played the Rams, he didn't see that Rams defense because they didn't have Von Miller at the time, who still has tread on his tires, unlike JJ Watt. <laughs> he does. Von Miller was getting back there. I know, he had a Aaron Donald had, uh, they said the most that Tom Brady had been uh, pass, uh, pressured was eight that season, and both he and Aaron Donald both got back there seven times each. So eight was the most in one game. But you had two guys get back there with seven pressures each. Just them alone, let alone if Brockers got a couple pressures or – you know, anyone else on that defensive line got some pressures. Like, those two guys were in his face. He just looked lethargic a majority of the game. So let's stay here um, on that because I, I didn't see the same fire and passion from Brady that you normally see. Yeah. Um, I, it was I think, evident. I think he came into the game. Um, I I don't think he lacked personal confidence, but I think it was similar to that last season in New England where – he understood what he was playing with and what he was playing against uh, because he even said something about uh, that not being – he's like, you know, you want to win every – end every year, like winning the Super Bowl, but I don't know if we have that kind of team here. I, I, I forgot the exact quote. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the gist of it. But Freddie usually doesn't uh, speak like that. And then after after the game's over, you know, he does his post – he does his uh, podcast, you know, the Let's Go podcast – and he gets. I love that too. By the way, when they were doing that, him and Larry Fitzgerald on Monday nights before, mm-hmm. like, because I sometimes I'd be leaving from the office and going home, and Monday night would be on their planet. Jim Gray is who does it with them. Yeah, they and I love the inside. Jim Gray's got a great voice. Uh, I don't know. I like Jim Gray. Hey, you know, he's a good interviewer, and Chris doesn't. But they, uh, <laughs> but anyways, he kind of started like putting his life into perspective, and. um Shannon Sharp talked about it on Undisputed this week, and I don't watch a lot of Undisputed, but sometimes there are certain topics that I want to hear what Shannon has to say, especially when he's talking about, like, making that decision to end the career as a great because he he was that, you know. And he was like, you know, once you start, like, putting stuff into perspective and you start thinking about, you know, the kids can do this, I want to spend time here, and, like, I've accomplished this, I've accomplished that that's when it really starts to slow down for you. And you go, he's like, you're no longer looking through the wind. Essentially, you're no longer looking through the windshield, looking through the rearview mirror. And maybe Tom, it's not even about him being good enough. It's like, I mean, Tom can't, his legacy can't grow or shrink at this point. Yeah, there's nothing. Let me tell you, he could come out and look like Peyton Manning in his last year if he comes back next year. And granted, Peyton did win the Super Bowl in his career, but like, he could still st- – I'm saying statistically look like Peyton Manning. And, like, nobody would complain. Everybody – every stadium he plays in would still be packed. Um, and I just think that because he is the greatest – I mean, let's just say it. He's the greatest football player ever. I mean, he's certainly the most accomplished, and he holds every – pretty much every record um, <laughs> for – a quarterback. And so, um, you know, I, I just think that that a guy like Tom needs a swan song. And my belief is that he will come back and he will come back and say, this is going to be my last season. And I think uh, he said he doesn't want the farewell tour because he he, he thinks it takes Kobe away said from the same thing. 
<laughs> he did. Kobe had said the same thing. He said he didn't want it to be that way. Like he literally look it up. He literally said the same thing. And what did Kobe do? He announced that it would be his final season. And I fucking hate that Kobe was sitting out games. I flew out to LA for like one of the last three games at Staples Center. They played the Kings. And I went to Hawaii that week, which was great. But um Point being, I bought tickets to the game, got great seats, and Kobe uh, was on a rest day, and I just couldn't fucking believe it. I was, was rest for that last game. I was gonna, I wanted to go. Me and my oldest brother wanted to go because he's a diehard Laker and Kobe fan too. Uh-huh. And they had tickets in like a suite, like the suites you can share with people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They were going for a grand each, but to me, it was worth the price of admission, like to see Kobe's last game, and you. Who nobody knew he was gonna do that. Like Sweet. nobody saw sixty. No, sweet at 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 Staples. Yeah, that's worth it. Kobe yeah, it, it, it was it was worth it. It was it it would have been worth it. We ended up not doing it, and God, do I regret it? Especially now that he's gone, I regret it every day. And I think that um, with Brady, for instance, I know for you, your Falcon season ticket holder too. Yeah, it would be so tempting to sell his, especially depending on how the schedule works out. Don't let that be his last regular season game at the at the Benz, like or something. It would be so tempting to sell you, especially your seats are on the roadside too. I'm on the yeah, I'm on the roadside. Yep. So right, I'm on the roadside, and so like, it would be very tempting to sell those tickets because you know you're going to be able to get you might you might depending on how much your tickets cost, you might be able to coop the regular season. Get damn close, I know it. And so, I, but point being, all in all, he doesn't have anything to prove. Um, and I just don't see him going out that way. It just would be, I don't know. It was a great comeback. I mean, like I said, I told you guys that too. When the school, everybody kept trying to fucking joke about 28 to three and it's like 27 three. And I was like, look, I said, look at it this way. If they score a touchdown and which they did, or no, they kicked the field goal. Then they scored a touchdown. I said, after they scored that touchdown, I said, if they get, if the Rams don't score again, I said, I said, book, book the Bucks money line as a dog right now. And it looked like for a minute, if that game had went to overtime, oh, I think Bucks. we're going to win. Bucks. Yeah. And so I just don't think that he wants to go out that way. And yes. granted, it doesn't guarantee he wins the Super Bowl going out next year. I just think that he doesn't want to go out that way. That's fair. That's fair. And let's talk about a man who we don't know what he's going to do at the end of the year either. Uh, and he went out in the worst way. Uh, that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> lost to that man, James Garoppolo, who's just bad. Right. And I call him James Garoppolo because he's not good enough to have a nickname. He should not be Jimmy G. I'm sorry. Y'all can call him Jimmy Garoppolo. Y'all can call him Jimmy G. I'm going to call him by James Garoppolo. His mama called him James. I'm gonna call him James. You know what I mean? Because Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo's not good. But let's talk about this football I game. You, I don't think Jim is that bad. I, I, I think he's. I think that he's not good enough to execute Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's average. He's an average quarterback who gets hurt a lot. You want to know what's gonna happen to him? Don't get shit canned. Uh uh-uh, uh. Yes, but you want to know who he's gonna play for next year? Book and book it seriously. Julian Turner's team. There you go. I think he's going to be Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback because they'll win 10 or 11 games with him, seriously. Yeah, no, they will. I know, but that's what I'm saying. And he just fits perfectly. They'll probably pay him. They'll still 
give him thirty million dollars. I bet. You think he's gonna be able to fly the porn stars up though? It's Pitts. It's Pittsburgh, man. He might have to go to Philly for that. But um, you know, well, New York's not too far. Yeah, he he's probably got some hoes up in New England. That's not too far either. <laughs> it is. I'm just saying. I, I mean, you know, but and Jimmy G still checked up. Yeah, that money spent, that bag loan. But anyway, so we, we look at that game, man, and I came out and I was pretty scathing on Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, hey, Aaron, we expect more from you. You're the one seed. Uh, you, they want to say he he locked in on Devontae too much, but I think that speaks to the lack of uh, receiver talent that he has, that he's been trying to tell y'all, hey, these guys aren't good. I, I know y'all think they're good because I make them look decent, but stop trying to tell me that these guys are good. They're not. And even if they are better than I than I treat them, I'm not comfortable with them. And just like Brady, if Brady doesn't like you, he does not throw you the ball. Well, man, maybe he didn't like A.B. because that was what A.B. was complaining about apparently that game. But nonetheless, with that um, – that is true. That is true. And that's what started this discord to where he can be a free agent, you know, if he chooses to be after this season, which he's going to opt out anyways, just because even if he returns to the Packers, they're going to have to pay him, you know, guarantee his whole contract. Three-year 150 is what he's going to want. And um, I don't know. That was what started it, though. I mean, you draft my predecessor, um, and then you also not only do you trade up to get him in the first round, then in the second round you draft another running back, in which AJ Dillon was really good for them. But you gave Aaron Jones all that money just now too. You, they gave him like what ninety or eighty million over like five years. They paid Aaron Jones, and but you'd used your first two picks on essentially backups, and it's just like, are you got? And and then even Devontae Adams, as great as he is, he wasn't a first round pick either. It's like, can we go out and get somebody? The the fucking Vikings. Now, granted, I guess they had just traded Diggs to the Bills, and they used that pick to get. Um, but at the same time, um, plenty of wide receivers that they could have gotten in that draft. Yeah, you, yeah, you, uh, um, Aaron Jones got four years, forty eight mil. But uh. No. I don't know why I overrated that so much. Yeah, he's, he's not still making $12 million. Either. He's not eating the Zeke deal. But nonetheless, you I got to look at Justin Jefferson twice a year, and you could have stayed put and grabbed him, but you moved up. You gave away another draft pick. Or, or if you were really trying to trade up, and let's say that you didn't want Justin Jefferson, you could have got CeeDee Lamb. I mean, like, I just I, – I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And what guess what? Jordan Love's not good. But here's the one. Like he's going to be a clipboard and an advisor for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing about this game is, people, uh, we're, we're we're a quarterback wins culture. That's football culture, and I think using quarterback wins it it tells part of the story. You know, when you read a book, you can look at the uh, the name of a chapter, and it and it may tell you what the book is about. The title will tell you what the book is about, but if you don't read the pages, you won't know. So if you just say quarterback wins, Aaron Rodgers is now nine and seven in the soup in the playoffs after winning the Super Bowl. Eight and seven. Not, eight and seven, whatever. It's not five hundred. Yeah, it's not beautiful. But then again, let's let's read the pages, you know. And, and in this, in this game right here, Aaron Rodgers did not play well, 
But offensively, he he outperformed the offensive unit across from him. He did enough to win the game. And when you have a, a, a special team that's been the worst in the league the entire year, and you don't make changes there, whether it's uh, coaching changes, whether it's personnel changes, whether it's scheme changes, whatever it is, you ride it out, and then special teams, you 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 get a, a kick block, which would have gave you three points. Um, you get a punt block, which gave them seven points. You're talking about ten points here, a ten-point swing on special teams' mistakes that are inexcusable. It's not like it was a mix, it was a missed kick with bad win. And then people say, well, Aaron should have threw for more yards. You see what Mahomes and Josh Allen did and Joe Burrow. Man, it was zero degrees in 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 um in uh Lambeau. Don't nobody want to catch the ball. Don't nobody want to run. Don't nobody want to throw the ball when it's zero degrees. People were talking about Aaron was just so cool. He had his hands tucked in his in his uh, hand warmer uh, right until the ball came out. Bruh, it is zero degrees outside. Do you know what that feels like? If you've not been outside in zero degree weather, I don't want to hear you say, hey, he should have he should have been more cool. And oh. when you ha- when you have a high-powered offense like the Packers do, but you play in Lambeau, your best advantage, which is your home field advantage, doesn't help you when you're playing a playoff game in January and it's zero degrees because you can't air it out. Even though you're used to the cold, no one likes it. Well, and think about it. They That's why they scored a touchdown on their opening drive. Guess what? Them niggas, weren't, they weren't cold yet. They weren't cold. They were, yeah, that's why they went down the field. I mean, and let's give the 49ers defense some credit too. They're still a great unit. That's a yeah. top five unit in the NFL. I mean, everybody acts like the 49ers weren't in the Super Bowl two years ago or something. And like they didn't win 13 games two years ago themselves. I mean, this was a, it, and it's basically the same group of characters. The only difference is that Elijah Mitchell is the running back instead of Raheem Mostert. It's the same team. And and then let's not he forget. Well, and he oh, and Debo is better for sure. Debo's better. Uh, I would even say Kittle's a little bit, even though he missed a couple games. Man, Kittle is because he's a great blocker too. Like yeah. he's a great blocker. Like he's not a pretty boy like Kelsey. Elite. Yes, man. He's. I think Kelsey's still the best tight end in the NFL. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I Kittle's definitely second. And look out, look out, look out. I think Kyle Pitts is coming next, but nonetheless. Um, Mark Andrews might have something to say about that. Shit. Shit. I think Kyle Pitts is better than Mark Andrews, even today. And I'm just saying, and we're not going to get into the Falcons, but I'm just saying, Kyle Pitts ain't have nobody. He was getting, like we saw the Patriots game. Bill Belichick took him completely out of that game. Imagine if Calvin Ridley was just playing some football. Or even better. He's working on his mentals. Or even better, even if Julio was who Julio was this year. Imagine you still having Julio Jones on the field and then Calvin Ridley's on the field and then you got Kyle Pitts. Falcons would have won nine games this year. I'm telling you. Having those two on the field would have made them two wins better for sure. And possibly maybe we could have got blown out by the Bucs instead of the Eagles. Just saying. Yeah, man. But um, so – with Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to kind of flip to the Aaron Rodgers thing because we're not, I'm not going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, excuse me, James Garoppolo. Aaron was kind of cryptic. 
uh, in his post game uh, comments about you know he's going to evaluate what he wants to do, what the team is doing, but he'll definitely let them know his plans before free agency. So for one, he gives himself the best opportunity to be successful, and he gives the team the, their best opportunity to be successful in whichever direction that they go. Um, and you know, I'm kind of tired of talking about Aaron Rodgers' future, like. Why, why is his future even in question after year after year? And if, and if it's, I don't know if I want to come back because I don't like it here. That's one thing, but it's almost does like it, Big Ben. Like I might does, retire. Does it? Well, that's what I was gonna say. Does it remind you a lot of the quarterback before him in Green Bay a little bit? Oh man, they do have a lot in common, huh? Well, Aaron was drafted in the first round, and Brett. What Brett fucking started at least two, maybe even three years. Aaron, was, Aaron was in the league. Uh, Aaron, I think he sat for two years. Yeah, he, he sat. sat for, and I'm he talking no five. He left no five. His first starting season was away. Yeah, and then they went six and ten, and then he won his second year as a starter. Yeah, because they were hot. And Matt Flynn, if you remember, too, Matt Flynn had that six touchdown game. Looked great. It was on national TV too. Um, Got him good and paid. <laughs> just to fucking sit on the bench because oh <laughs> shit, another quarterback that's unhappy right now was drafted. <laughs> and Pete was smart enough to know who was better. Yeah. His pizza football coach. Oh, ball coach, baby. So uh, what do you think Aaron does? His options are honestly scarce. Unless, unless, let's say, for instance, and I know that we were just talking about Brady too. Some people were rumoring, thinking that maybe Brady just doesn't think that this team is good enough to get it done. And I think Brady potentially, I don't know if he has an opt-out. Because remember, he signed a three-year deal, but I don't know if it's a player option in the third. I don't remember. I guess I could Google it real quick. But, like, um, I know that. that there's room. Hey, why you Google? Because it's hard well, to Well, you know what team we're both talking about for both of them is what I'm matters. Exactly. And How? so. And 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 look, and I love Matt Ryan, right? Obviously, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are better than Matt Ryan. Even today, Tom Brady is still better than Matt Ryan. But like, not even close. God, don't kill my man like that. He won MVP over him. All right, I'm going to leave that at that. They lost. It, it doesn't matter. He lost the game that was most important, even though it wasn't his fault necessarily. But point man, we know what Kyle Shanahan can do. If he can do that, Matt Ryan is like his crown jewel in regards to look at how great this offense can be. If you just give me some personnel, Debo Samuels as gifted and as talented as he is, he's not better than what Julio Jones was when Kyle Shanahan had him. Um, Jimmy G, uh, Matt Schaub, uh, RG three, any of these guys that I'm naming that Kyle has had Kirk cousins, these guys that Kyle Shanahan has coached, none of them were better than that, Ryan. But when you give him, a Pro Bowl quarterback and an All Pro wide receiver, you have a top ten offense of all time that was blowing out the greatest dynasty the NFL has ever seen in a Super Bowl. Something that had never happened to them. The Patriots have never been blown out like that in a Super. They've so, never trailed like that. So, 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 where does Aaron Rodgers go next year? I think that if the Packers don't believe in Jordan Love that Kyle's going to make the call 
to LaFleur like he did this past offseason. And I think they'll offer up Trey Lance. Think they offer up Trey Lance or they offer up Jimmy G? Trey. And this is why. Jimmy G, they're just going to let walk. Um, he, They're just going to let him walk. And I mean, unless they, I guess if they win the Super Bowl, maybe they won't. But like, I think they're just going to let him walk. But at that point, what do the Packers get in return? You don't have a high first round pick, but you have this potential. And I'm sure the Packers did their due diligence on Trey Lance, even though they had a quarterback too. They have to. That's what these guys get paid to do. They still have to go and watch them perform. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. That's where value comes in. Because Aaron, unlike Brady, Aaron is going to play another three years, maybe four. He's six years younger than Brady. Or six, uh, yeah, I think he's six years younger than Brady. Six, seven, yeah, something like that. And so, and I think Aaron Rodgers does have plenty of football left. Um, plus, I'm sure that Aaron got started late, like we just talked about. He sat for two years, so he got started kind of late. And so, don't you think that? And he is a guy that you could tell kind of has an ego a little bit. He already has a touchdown to interception ratio. Don't you think he wants to try and catch up and possibly, you know? I, he's not. I don't think anyone's going to catch Brady in the. Hey, question for you because I think the tide is turning on Aaron Rodgers because I'm hearing talking heads say maybe uh, Denver's the betting odds favorite. Denver makes it the betting odds favorite. Yeah, and then Pittsburgh second, which I think we just both don't think that's going to happen. No, but there there are some that are saying that um, Aaron, you know, he's a little bit overrated. Um, making the move for Aaron isn't like making the move for Tom because Aaron hasn't proven that he's going to be a winner because he's on one of the best teams in the league and he's a playoff disappointment. And um, I think Nick Wright said there's a third of the teams in the NFL that would not make that trade. Because of how young their quarterbacks are. Like, of course, the Bills wouldn't make that trade. The Chiefs wouldn't make that trade. The Chargers pro- probably wouldn't make that trade, which I think, oh, which, I, which I honestly would think is, which I think is dumb. If the Chargers would not make that trade, because the Chargers have a team that should be ready to win. And don't get me wrong, Justin Herbert's not the reason that they did. Justin that. Herbert's not the reason, but Justin Herbert can't talk to Brandon Staley the way that uh, Aaron Rodgers can. I this is what I'm saying, and but you know, it was also somebody on FS1. I don't remember who it was, but. Somebody said that if he did go to Denver, for instance, that he would be the third best quarterback in the division, which is fucking blasphemous. If you think that Aaron Rodgers isn't still better than Justin Herbert. And at the end of the day, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, they I I would say it's one A and one B. You can just be like, Patrick Mahomes is way better than he's not he's not. Bro, Aaron Rodgers isn't Aaron Rodgers. Here's what pisses me off about these fucking TV types, right? They 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 get on because they have to fill time and they just say stupid shit and they wonder why players don't like them because you say stupid shit because you got to fill time. Hey, do some, do some research, be, be innovative, be creative, but don't say dumb shit just because you have a platform and a microphone. Guess what? Before the playoffs, we all agree that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. Aaron Rodgers then has a bad playoff game. Let's contextualize it. It was zero fucking degrees outside against a really good front and a good D.C. that gave him a run for his money. We talk about, well, the Bills had the number one defense and Patrick Mahomes uh, 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 cooked them. Yeah, That's what? Pass defense. But, yes, yes, he did. Right. Tredavious White was gone. 
And and Andy Reid is the best play designer and one of the best play callers that we've ever seen. Matt LaFleur is a Sean McVay wannabe, a Kyle Shanahan wannabe, and we don't even know if, if LaFleur is a good coach. We don't know what the fuck LaFleur is. Hold on now. I think he, he's obviously cut from the same cloth. I mean, three straight years of 13 wins. Hey, Look, he's, maybe he's Marty Schottenheimer. I don't know. Right. But, you, know, but, you know, is that I think that because he's Zach Taylor's also from that tree of guys. Because he was what? He was a McVay guy, right? Yeah, you can have Zach Taylor. I, I'm just him. saying, look who's in the NFC championship game. I mean, well, well if you want to go there, Eddie Reed, the rest are, they're basically Kyle Shanahan guys. I they're mean, Kyle, so they're, they're Shanahan wannabes. But the point that I'm making is you can't go from two weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the league, to then saying that. Oh, he's going to be the third best quarterback in the division. Justin Herbert has not played in the playoffs yet. He hasn't. And now, and I, I'm, we're not going to blame. I mean, he's still only in his second, getting ready to enter his third year. He's had two different head coaches. I mean, I'm not making up excuses for him because that roster is loaded at the end of the day. They're loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, his coach overthought shit this year. Co- yeah. If, if- if they would have kept his 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 original coach, if if we if they we got Lynn's already out, if, yeah, if we would have kept Lynn, if we kept if we keep Lynn there, I promise you they make the playoffs. I, I, I do too. I just think because it was still he was building something, and it's not like Lynn Lynn made the playoffs. They just lost to Lamar. Yeah, right. And I mean, they had to get the nigga out of there. That that was kind of their thinking. Yeah, right? because he was the nigga. We gotta get this nigga up out of here because he's not coaching. Yeah, well he's they said coaching. they said, hey, well they said as if getting rid of him, they're like, Well, we got this promising quarterback. They're like, uh, even though Lynn's an offensive guy and, and Staley's a defensive guy, we gotta get in this hot defensive commodity. Who in which uh I think on the herd they talked about this, the hires over like the last like three years. And like the guys essentially that have stuck, and like eight of nine of them, or it was more it, the numbers bigger than that. Essentially, the success rate for the offensive coordinator being hired as the coach has been significantly higher than defensive. Well, yeah, but a lot of that is bullshit because you don't look at the you, no, the teams that they go to. You don't look at the teams that they go to. You don't look at the staff that they assemble. You don't look at the owner that they're that they're coaching with. It, it's so layered. But Colin is just trying to push a narrative of offensive coaching, and that's a conversation that we'll talk about in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But you want to talk about you want to talk we want to talk about freaking Justin Herbert, Mister uh, uh, Good Roster, but is is doing what you and I are doing right now. Let's talk about Joe Flipping Burrow. You know, Big Balls Burrow. Let's you talk mean about Joey B? Joey B. Let's talk about this guy. Where am I? Where are my sunglasses at? Because I don't even like talking about Joe That's Cool. A cool motherfucker, man. Without my glasses on, you know That's what I mean? A cool like, motherfucker, man. He's a cool <laughs> son of a bitch. Let me tell you, Joey B, he's pushing P. Come Heavy on, man. P. Come on, man. We might have to change his name from Joe P to to, to from Joe B to Joe P. You know what I'm saying? Like a uh, free push like the big brr. Don't call him Joe Brr. <laughs> Joe brr. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the point is, Joe Burrow, he's in year two. Um and really. One and a half because he well, missed half a season. But if you look at the Chargers roster, if you looked at the Bengals roster, who do we have? Who do you think would have went to the playoffs? They like when the going into the season, certainly you. But J- Jamar Chase is better 
than any receiving option that um, he has for what it's worth. I mean, DeMar Chase Chase is about to be – I'm trying to think of who I want to compare him to. He's going to be a – and I think that this player is a Hall of Fame player because I got to see him up close in person for so many years. He's going to be like a way better Steve Smith. Because yeah. he seems, even though I know he's not short, he's like six one, six feet. But and Steve Smith was like five nine, five ten. I don't know. Their play styles remind me a lot of each other in a sense of like really speedy, but not like Tyreek Hill like type. Like I don't know. He just when I see him on the field when he catches the fucking ball, it just reminds me of Steve Smith, bro. You, you, but like way better. Like he catches the ball, and you don't really know if he was open or not. But he, he got a. You know what I mean? Like he's not separating crazy. He's not like the best runner of the route tree. But he just grabs the ball out of the air. Would you take and then just looking just because we're comparing the personnel? Would you take Joe Mixon over uh, Eckler? Yeah, um, I would only because Joe Mixon was a big name coming out of college that I remember, and um, from what I've seen in the NFL. Uh, I I think I'd take Joe Mixon. Okay, I, I like the way it depends on the type of offense you run. Because if you are more of a pass heavy offense, I think Eckler would be better because he's so great catching the ball. And Joe Mixon's good too catching the ball. I mean, Joe Mixon was on my fantasy team, so like I remember. But Joe Mixon had his by far his best season this year too. Yeah, because he had Joe Big Balls Like, there's like a lot of stuff with him, but like he is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is a top five running back in the NFL. So, Joe Burrow wins. He upsets the Titans. Um, questionable stuff happened throughout that game, and we, I think we talked about it. But I kind of like, and we already went in on Joe Cool last week, so we're not going to stay here too long. But man, this guy got sacked nine times, threw for three forty eight, and he did not get skittish. At all, I mean, he's coming off of of, of a of an ACL where he sh- damn it shattered his knee last year for a, that terrible O line, and he just gets up, still terrible, and he throws the ball again, and he throws the ball again, and he's just he's just like I guess was that Rocky when he was getting his ass kicked in that and was it Rocky two, Die the Tiger one? I, I've never seen the Rocky movies. I, I'm, really? Yeah, no, I'm not a movie guy. I mean, I'm not either, but those are classics. Like but, I love Rocky Four, like with the Russian Ivan Drago. Like that's like one of the it's one of my favorite sports movies. I, I guess I, if you even consider Rocky a sports movie, I guess they it do. Is. They do. I mean, because you got to keep three's something. good. You got Mr. T. Like I put it a fool. Yeah, like I'm but surprised anyway, you've never seen a Rocky in full. No, but anyways, Joe Burrow's just back there getting his ass kicked, and it doesn't matter. You know, he's he's the relentless guy. And I'm comparing him as the football player, not his actual personality. He's a relentless guy at the bar that you see that's going to get shot down all night, and he's going to be working the room until the lights come on. Like he he's shameless because he's he's gonna he he just wants to win that bad, and he carries that on the football field, man. And I don't I don't know what we're gonna do with Joe Flipping Burrow because we talk about Aaron Flipping Rodgers, but Aaron Flipping Rodgers is coming up short in the playoffs, aka. The anti Peyton, he's like reverse Peyton Manning. He won early, so we believed in him, and now he's not doing 
well late. That's, you know, that's a really good way to look at that too. Oh no, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's pay, he's Peyton Manning 2.0. He's he's he doesn't have the postseason resume that Brady has. He looks better in the regular season, and both of them still got dominated by Brady in and, their era. And they always crush their divisions. Like the Packers have typically win that division. I mean, the Vikings every blue moon, and then like the Bears won it like a year. You know, like of course the Lions are never going to win it, but you know they were competitive a couple years, right? But um. <laughs> Put it this way, with a guy like Rodgers, too, and I know we've moved on to Burrow, but, like, if the Rams hadn't made the trade for Stafford this offseason, wouldn't Aaron Rod- – what do you think Aaron Rodgers would do with the Rams? What Patrick Mahomes is doing with the Chiefs? I bet that in a season like this, they would have went 15 and fucking two. Can we just imagine Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I know we're not supposed to be on Aaron's too. Imagine Aaron Rodgers in a warm weather city. Does he have that opportunity? I guess he could go to Miami, but that I don't know. First of all, do you really want to play Josh? I mean, like I said, I've always been a big Josh Allen guy. So, like, did would you want to play him? But then again, at the same time, if you go to Denver, would you want to even in a cold city? Like, do you? Really want to go against Patrick Mahomes every year for the rest of your career? Like, yeah, I'm not scared of him. Who is he? I'm not saying you, he's a, he's afraid. I, what what is I'm he? saying is this: Justin Herbert's on the rise. The, obviously, the Chargers are talented, but Brandon Saley's coaching. Denver doesn't even have a coach, so you Brandon Saley coach before they get Rodgers. So Brandon Saley's the minus. Unless, unless, uh, I'm trying to think of a guy that's on the team. Melvin Gordon is from. Kenosha, Wisconsin. So, and he plays for the Broncos. I don't know what type. He probably doesn't have any type of relationship with Aaron Rodgers, but maybe he does. I don't know. But point being, even if somebody like that in the offseason was like, yo, man, you should come here. Ownership's asking me to ask you, who would you want us to hire out of curiosity that's um, available that you can get? Dan Quinn has been the hot guy for the Denver job. Well, what if his and, – and, I, and I, I think they have also interviewed um, – some coordinators out of Green Bay. So maybe, so, uh, I don't know if it's Hackett or, it's Pat, so, I mean, or the path game coordinator. Maybe you go DQ as your head coach, then you get the path game coordinator to be your OC. OC, and then now you you got the you got the setup for Aaron. I don't know, but let, let's get to the greatest game ever on the greatest football weekend ever. Chiefs Bills. I mean Chiefs Bills. It was a great game. And you know what's crazy? Anyone that replays our last episode last week, I literally, you said it, we both said it. I said specifically when I was doing the picks, I said, I don't know why. I just feel like this is about to be a classic. And God, did it not live over it, it went over the hype. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are gonna more so remember the last two minutes of that game in overtime more than anything. We'll talk about that later. That's the next topic. And, but boy, I mean, it, I mean, how much hotter could it have gotten? I, it was one of those things I'm sitting there. My, I had a bet in and as a better, you've got to look at it that way too. You're like, man, back and forth. Let me tell you what those odds changed to after the bill scored that touchdown when they got the ball with a minute, so it's this is what's even crazier. So check this out. Okay. So it was a minute, like a minute, two seconds, I think, was left when the Bills got the ball back. Down four. 
or no, 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 no. They were down five. It was to where they had to go because they went for two because Diggs caught the two-point conversion to make it a three-point game. And so right. uh, so eight, three. So, yeah, they were down five. So the Bills, because I was upset. I think I was telling you guys in the group, I was like, man, they could have kicked the field goal earlier and they keep going for it on fourth down. I really just need them to score because in that bet, I had the Bills plus three and a half. Even though I gave you guys the picks, I took the Chiefs. It was because the line had moved back by the time of the start of the game. And so, like, I just saw an opportunity there because I was like, I do believe it's going to be a three-point game, regardless of who wins. And so um, that happens. They score, get the two-point conversion. Chiefs odds go from minus 400, which is where I hedged, because I thought I figured the Bills might have not gotten down the field and scored a touchdown, and God damn it, did they do it so quickly. 13 seconds left. The Chiefs' uh, money line was at plus 1,500. So for those at home, $100 would have gotten you 1,500. You bet 1,000, you would have won 15,000. And I know you said we're going to end. I guess we're going to get in. Well, because I know you're going to get, we're going to get to the overtime more so is the topic yeah. there. But yeah. my point is in that game, it's great game, great game. But boy, did McDermott kind of, or the special teams coordinator, whoever. McDermott. Probably, no, McDermott, because he's the head coach. You dropped the ball there. And I say this I'm not mad about not squibbing. I'm mad that you didn't kick the ball to where it landed at about the 10 because it's. 13 seconds left. He catches the ball. He eats up at least four. At least. And then you might even, like like I said, those guys could grab him and just hold on to him and let him run with them, then pull him down to give him even less time. But let's say that he runs, he catches that 10, gets to the 30, 35. That runs all four seconds. And so you're at nine seconds. You're not going to make a quick enough pass to where you have less than four, even with two timeouts. So even with nine seconds, you basically got one play. Um, or, or, or enough to where when you snap it, you don't see anything immediately. You throw it away so you can get one more play, even after that. But you don't have enough time to complete a pass, get it, and it unless it's in field goal range, you, you, they would have to have done a Hail Mary. And so, like, I think that that was one of the things I hated about it. I was rooting for the Bills, honestly. Uh, their fans are fantastic after going up there. I love the Bills Mafia. Good people. Kept me warm when it was zero degrees in fucking Buffalo. Uh, and, and I'm the black guy out there with no hand warmers. Great people. And uh, and they gave me gloves because I didn't have gloves either. So really appreciate the Bills Mafia. And they just are a team. I, unlike, I mean, they're kind of like the Falcons, but not like the Falcons in a sense of they haven't won anything either. So it was just kind of disappointing for that game to end that way. But by far, one of the best games I've ever seen. So, so yeah, man, it, it was it was a it was an awful ending because of awful coaching, and you know I just think that in the NFL landscape, too many head coaches are relying on coordinators to make head coaching decisions. Yeah, you have a special teams coordinator. Yeah, you have a defensive coordinator. Yes, you have an offensive coordinator. Yep, you probably should have a clock management specialist. But guess what? There's only two people who get a win-loss record each game, and that's the coaches. All right. And if you want to say four, you got the two quarterbacks, they get a win-loss record, whatever. But the, the ones that really matter are the coaches. Leslie Frazier doesn't get a loss on his record 
for calling a suspect defense at the end of the game. No, nope. you just look at it. He had the number one pass defense in the NFL. That's all anyone's going to remember. Right. Why are you protecting the sideline when they have three timeouts? Hey, McDermott, why are you kicking the ball through the end zone? Okay, your special teams coordinator wanted to do that. And here's what you do. You huddle them up. You say, hey, you scored the touchdown. You don't got to watch the extra point. He kicks the extra point. Hey, here's what we're going to do. They kick the extra point. They go for two. They went for two. Go for two. That's when Diggs made, outside of him tackling the fan, he made his biggest play of the game. You go for two. You watch it or you don't, but no matter what, your strategy doesn't change because either way they're playing for a field goal, no matter what. I need you to kick this ball. To the 10. As short as you can, but keep it good enough to where if he waves for a fair catch, they've got to go longer to preserve the time. That way he doesn't run clock. Let's say because – and you know what's crazy? Tyreek Hill wasn't back there returning. I don't know who was back there. Was it McCannon? It might have been McCannon. I don't know. Doesn't matter, but I don't believe it was Tyreek Hill. So you don't have the fear of like, man, Tyreek Hill might break one off on us, so we don't want him to catch it. He's the fastest man on the field. Um, you you kick that ball, and and for me, that's why I don't squib. I don't squib because if you squib and they catch it and fall on it, and they get it at the thirty-five, you really didn't do yourself a favor. So that's why I know some people were saying squib it. No, I don't squib it because if they catch it at the thirty-five, you just gave them a shorter field. But you kick that ball high, and you make sure that it doesn't go far. And wherever that ball lands, that's what's got to happen. The, the, the person that's returning has got to make the decision. Yes. And- Andy Reid already told him, hey, man, if they kick this ball and you're right here, I want you to fair catch. I want you to whatever he told whatever Because I know that that had to have been discussed in a game like that. Because they knew that with 13 seconds, well, if it goes in the end zone, Pat, you got two plays to get it down there. And all you got to do is, hell, even if it's a 60-yard field goal, give us a chance. And here's the thing that really bothered me is you can't let down the stretch, Leslie Frazier, uh, uh, not Brian Dayball, uh, Jesus Christ, his name slipped my mind. What's what's the head coach's name? Uh, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. Sean, Leslie, I know that Travis Kelsey – and Tyreek Hill are really, really good. They cannot beat you down the stretch. You have to make somebody else beat you down the stretch. I understand you don't have Tredavious White. That's unfortunate, but you haven't had him for weeks. You cannot let Tyreek Hill get be 10 yards behind one of your players and chunk up the deuces to him because he knows he can't beat him to that spot. You cannot let Travis Kelsey walk you off, walk you out like it's uh, uh like it's uh, uh camp productions because because you are trying to play him one on one. You're not gonna do that in crunch time where Patrick Mahomes is looking for him, and then they go, Well, you know, Patrick and um Patrick and Travis just made up the play. You know what? That's what good players do. And, and, and some people are trying to say that's a knock on the enemy. No, that should give you more. Well, I know reason. who those some people are. And, but he's not the only person. I've seen it in other places. But uh, Justice said it. So, <laughs> the, hey, hey, put a name on it. Yeah, Justice like said it. Name drop. But it, here's the thing. It's not a knock on the enemy because he empowered his players to be able to do that and have the comfort in doing that, and they knew that they could do it because they're that damn good. They are. And then you go to overtime, 
And everybody's up in arms about overtime because the Bills didn't get to touch the ball. But here's the thing about the overtime. The Bills touched the ball all game. They decided to wake up in the second half on offense. The Bills put their defense on the field. And the defense did not make a play. They didn't. And we, I, I DM'd you because you put something up on your story. And I told you. Because you, I could tell that you, you were like, it's overtime. You know what I mean? Like, like that's the end of the game. Make a fucking stop. That's, I think, that, to quote you, I'm pretty sure that's what you said. Yeah, pretty but much. I have had it out for the new, because this is obviously this is a newer OT because it used to end on a field goal. You get yeah. end on a field goal, and the NFL did make the adjustment. And this is just kind of how I look at it. I look at it as this: after the Falcons Super Bowl, and this is honestly, I'm taking biasness out of it. After the Falcons Super Bowl and the fact that the Falcons didn't get the ball back, this is the Super Bowl we're talking about. This is the championship game. How, how, how do you let the coin toss determine they had all the Patriots had all the momentum? The defense had been on the field damn near the entire fourth quarter. And a coin toss determined who was going to get the ball first. And the fact that they got the ball, and we know what happened next. They drove down the field, and they scored. How do you not let the other team get a chance? I mean, Matt Ryan was wearing his hat with his hands behind his back, kept looking up at the scoreboard and just looking around pretty much the entire last 30 to 45 minutes of that game. And I just – I don't know. I didn't like the idea that that's the way the Super Bowl ended. And from there, I was like, they got to do something about this. Because how do you not, in the championship game, give the other team an opportunity? You let a coin toss essentially determine it. Just like the same thing in that Chiefs game. If the Bills win the toss, I have no doubt that the Bills drive down the field and win the game. So I, I think the same thing would have happened. And Josh Allen had came out and he had talked. To, he didn't talk against it. He said that, you know, I'm not mad about that. Basically because he's just what I just said. If he had gotten the ball, he the same thing would have happened, and it would have been us instead celebrating. And so, like, I just don't like it. I think that whether they change it to where both teams at least get a chance to get the ball, whether that be if the Chiefs score a touchdown, let's say they kick the extra point, they're up seven. Hell, you can miss the extra point. But let's say they make it. Maybe the Bills get the ball, they score, and then McDermott has a decision of, do I go for two? And – so what happens if as opposed to, or some people have even said, because you know in the regular season OT is ten minutes, in that game it was fifteen minutes because it's a playoff game, right? Maybe you just play the whole quarter out. But I, you know, I know that's not good for safety, player safety. So here's here's the one here's there's two places I'll bend. If we go, each team gets a possession, and then after that. It's, Whoever, it's, it's sudden death. It's sudden death. Okay. Yeah. I, agree. I like that. So, I like but, that. It doesn't but, have to be like college. Right. You give them the hell, ball on the third. Hell no. 25. I, but but I also say you had 60 minutes to win the game. But here's here's what here's John Harbaugh talking about his 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 uh approach. Okay. Come on, Twitter. How it came about. It's been uh, it's been it's been around for a number number of years. Um I think since the early 2000s, really, the idea kind of first came up in the uh, 
in the, uh, I don't know, the analytic circles, wherever they are. And um, it was brought to my attention by Matt Weiss a number of years ago when uh, they started talking about overtime and, you know, the 2010, 11, 12, when it was changed. And I know he brought it, he, he thought it would be the best, the best thing way back then. It was definitely way before its time. It still may be before its time. I don't know. We'll find out, but you know, we like to be kind of progressive in our thinking here. Uh, it's not always the case. Um, sometimes the league is a little more protective, but we feel like it's kind of a move back toward tradition. You know, it's not. So he's talking about the spot and choose method for overtime. Uh, to make it like college. Ish, but hold on. Let, let me see if he can explain it. Either sudden death or, you know, if they wanted to, the other proposal is the idea of a basketball style overtime, uh, which was which is fine with us. We think the main thing is the spot and choose aspect of it, Ryan, uh, to make it just uh, to more to make it fair. You know, so, you know, any luck involved uh, would be this, the bounce of the ball, not the flip of the coin. You know, I think that's something the fans would, would appreciate. Um, it's very well. It's really intriguing and fun. There's a lot of the bounce lot of the ball uh, strategically. Going. Very simple concept, uh, easy to understand. I think once you get your arms around it, it'd be uh, it's much. It's a lot fewer lines in the in the rule book. I can tell you that when we wrote it up, we crossed oh, out a lot of a lot. There's a lot of red lines through rules that are presently in there, and I think that's always a big plus. It makes it makes the game a lot easier to understand once you decide who's got the ball. Uh, I think every fan can understand who's going to be the winner and what's it going to be based on. So we're, 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 we're real excited about it and hopefully it'll pass. Oh, so he didn't. So what does he mean by the bounce of the ball? What does that so mean? I, I'll read it here. I thought he was going to explain it. Here's how it works. When overtime commences, there is no longer a kickoff. Instead, one team selects where on the field of play, where on the field play will resume. The other team gets to pick whether they'll start on offense or defense. Everybody would put it at the 50. But that gives you no advantage if. But if you put it on the 30, unless the team that's deciding where they're putting it determines. They wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair because at that point you could just put it on the one. I mean, I'm just saying it, it would always result in it being on the 50. And depending on, unless it's like that Buffalo New England game on Monday night where like the wind is terrible in one direction, it would, that would be the only way that that would determine them, like change a game. That's all I'm saying. And so, like, I just, I like the idea of doing, building on what you've already done. You already got it to where if the team kicks a field goal, the other team gets the ball. Just let them get the ball if it's a touchdown, too. And then from there, now your juices flow as a coach. If you score that touchdown, you go up six. If you trust your defense enough, you might go for two just to end the game because at that point you get up eight, you can – you know what you've got to do. They can't score a touchdown, and even if they do score a touchdown, they've got to get two. Or we kick the extra point, we go up seven, they get the ball. Hey, defense, even if you give up this touchdown, look out for the opportunity of them not letting us get the ball back because they might know that they can't stop us either. And they might go for two, and we got to make at least one stop. Like, it's it's going to be something that they're going to have to look at. Rich McKay, I'm talking to you, the committee. This is the only reason you still have a job with the Falcons because you're the head of the competition committee. But um, it is. I mean, come on, are we keeping it a hundred? I, I mean, you know, I, and I know I, that Rich McKay's a football lifer too. Like, yeah. I get it, but like, you know, I feel about McKay. This is why he's the head of the commission. Like, this is why fucking. 
uh, Arthur Blank has really given him the keys because essentially it sounds like it's a 50-50 decision on anything with our team. But I digress. <laughs> we're not going to continue to get into the Falcons. Guys, I promise we're going to bring you more Falcons directly oriented shows over this offseason. But I'm just saying, I think that one day they're going to have to change that rule. And even if it's only for the Super Bowl, then it'll be only for the playoffs. It's eventually going to be for all games because somebody's going to say, well, in this week two game, it was the reason why we didn't get in because of the overtime. But it's okay, though. It's a regular season. I just, when it comes to a game that, yes, they all have meaning, but we don't know about week two until week 17 how big of a deal it's going to be. I'm just saying, we know that that was the Super Bowl, and we know goddamn well the Falcons should have had another chance to score. Fair enough. But if you ask me, overtime is okay because you have 60 minutes to win the game. But I'll tell you who people are worried about. Some may not think that this individual is okay, and that's Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has, you know, he's making his media rounds. He's been out and about. And uh, he sat down on the I Am Athlete podcast. It came out uh, Sunday. And he kind of cleared the air. And one thing I will say about Antonio Brown is I, I have no problem taking my medicine. Just like I told, like I, I came out here on Monday and said, I was wrong on Josh Allen. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He turned into Josh Allen. And what he is is accurate Cam Newton. He's, he's a good what He's, He's what we player. wanted Cam Newton to be. He's the upgrade of what Ben Roethlisberger is. Him, not to cut into you, to your you coming, bringing and introducing the segment, but him and Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people said after that game, we've got the new Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady rivalry. Hey, and, and I hope I, I agree. I really, I believe that every year that the AFC is going to almost, for the most part, is going to be determined by that. Even though. I want to wait and see what happens with Mahomes' contract and how that destroys that team. And I want to see what uh oh we do. Uh-oh. <laughs> but you know what? People got to look out for those. Man, they got to look out. If they they go out, the issue is nobody wants to live in Cincinnati. But I guess who the fuck really wants to live in Kansas City or Buffalo either? I well, like Buffalo too, by the way. There are pretty women everywhere, and if you make enough money, you can get them there. I like Buffalo. Buffalo's cool. You're really close to Toronto. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> we know that Toronto has the baddies. I think of all the – Toronto has the most beautiful women. See, this is another thing for a podcast to talk about. Right, that. yeah. I mean, yeah, we can we can get those podcasts, and then we can start working – talking about the Patreon stuff that I don't do, but I can do. Yeah, 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 because certain conversations – You just know about. Yeah, certain conversations. You, we're not you lived in Bahrain, so you know what was out. I, I've never been to Bahrain. I don't know what's out there. Like, I tell you what, Dan. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. But let's get back to AB. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, hey, I'm not gonna call AB a jackass anymore. I, I'm gonna say that AB subscribes to a belief set that I can't get with. AB is his own man and he has its values and he's committed to his values no matter what. And some of that's to a fault, but AB discussed, you know, his situation with Bruce Arians uh, on the I am athlete podcast. If you listen to an episode or two before 
Shady talked about the way Bruce Arians is, and he's like, man, look, that's how B.A. talks. So, like, he's always like, yeah, yeah, get your ass over here or or, or, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? So when he says that to A.B., Shady kind of framed it as, yeah, he said it, but if you know how he talks, that's that's not that doesn't him saying get the fuck out of here does not necessarily speak to his level of anger and frustration. Again, that's Shady's point of view. Uh, but then AB talks about it and he goes, "What am I supposed to do? I, you already didn't want me here. You told me to get the fuck out of here, so I left." And Brandon Marshall was like, "I mean, he was like, yeah, but you could have." He's like, I would have said, who the fuck you think you're talking to? Like, you have to see me in the locker room. And then Swaggy P like, oh, well, well, Swaggy P, you're not a superstar, so we don't really care what you do. Like, you you are viewed as a as a head case role player, which I don't think Swaggy P is a head case. He one year was, could have been six man of the year, but go ahead. I, I think Swaggy P falls into the same category as Antonio Brown, and we talked about this. Some some niggas are just niggas. But Swaggy P's like different. Like, I don't know. I don't comp- I don't think that those two are the same. I no, 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 I don't. They're in the same category, but like yeah, they're, they're just the same personalities. Category. Yeah. Yeah. And and they and they be was just like, you don't want me here. I don't want to be here. Uh I don't care. He say he don't care about the Hall of Fame. He don't care about all that stuff. He care AB about is, AB is super Allen Iverson-ish in a weird way. Like and, and maybe that's not even a great comparison. Well, give it to me. Well, I, I think I, I look at it this way. With a guy like AI, both of these guys, because AB's from Miami, right? So yeah. grew up in the hood. AI's from Hampton, Virginia. Grew up in the hood. Same with Vic. You know, they were all they from the same area, Virginia Beach, whatever. And, like, they're kind of one of – they're so talented. And – they get to say what they kind of want to say. I mean, this guy AI was getting his hair braided in the middle of a fucking game, bro. I don't know if there's anything more niggerish than that. Like, what the fu- what do you mean you're getting your hair braided? Bro, they could be up 50 points. Why are you getting your hair braided? Like in the middle of a game. Bro, that shit, it's legendary. But it goes to show too, just like what we talked about with A B a few weeks ago with you on the podcast. Uh these guys have been able to get away with kind of whatever they want for so long to where when they do hear some shit like that, of course they're going to be resistant. Of course they're going to be able to speak their mind and not necessarily be wrong because when have they been wrong anyways? They've never been wrong. They've never had that. And even if BA is wrong in this situation, at the end of the day, you got people like Shady McCoy backing it up, like saying, well, no, this is just how that guy is, too. Just because he's the old white coach doesn't mean that he was wrong for what it was. But A.B. doesn't have to be wrong either. If A.B. was really hurt, he probably shouldn't have suited up to begin with. And whether they, But if he did it to suit up because the team needed him and Tom came to him and was like, look, man, I really could use you out there. They were playing the fucking Jets. I don't care what anyone says. They didn't fucking need him against the Jets at the end of the day. And they were already going to win the division – that shit was sewed up. I mean, so I don't know how important that was. I think if the Nick, if he was hurt, he shouldn't have played. And that's just the bottom line with that. I think and it's a combination. If it, is about, if it is about your bonus and knowing that you need X amount of catches and yards and you're upset because 
the play calls aren't really going your way and you feel like maybe you're being used as a decoy or like, I don't know, you're just not getting the ball because you're not open. Because Tom's going to throw, Tom's the reason you're here at the end of the day. Nobody else was going to sign you. Your last two teams is because of Tom Brady. Um, because you had so much shit going on. And then you already had shit going on before, within this season, before you returned. Like, I mean, it was a lot going on with him. Here's the one thing I really enjoyed about it, though, was that I think A.B. cleared up a lot of the BS rumors. He was like, hey, it wasn't, it wasn't about the money. I'm sure he played because he wanted the bonus. But it, once it becomes like, hey, bro, like, you're not going to give me the ball, then, like, I, like just, I'm not playing. Like, I'm hurt. <laughs> Like this shit hurts. We're 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 gearing up for a playoff run. You, you're gonna need me in two weeks more than you need me today. So like, let me just let me just sit out. And for BA, it's like a control thing because he's the coach and you're the player. You should listen to him. And then when he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I think he wanted his bonus, but once he wasn't getting the ball, he he just like, bro, it's not that serious. Like, yeah, he uh, checked out. And then it was like, bro, if I'm not getting the ball, like, bro, it's the Jets, buddy. They're not good. Like, we we straight, bro. Like, you don't need me. Because Mike Evans is attracting the number one guy, and I'm, I am a Hall of Fame player. He's he was the best receiver on that team. Like, I, I don't want. Yeah, I don't he want better than Mike Evans. I agree. And even the, today, I would the take stats, the stats don't reflect it because I mean it is what it is. But if we're being honest, like Antonio Brown was the best receiver on that team. Like week one, I remember sending a text uh, to a couple plays. I'm like, AB showing why he AB. Like he he's, he's still yeah, AB. Yeah, he had a big game against the Cowboys. He did. And so I just think I like the fact that AB stood on who he was, even if I disagree with it. He's like, bro, I'll talk about my mental health, bro. I got mental wealth. Like I'm not. And he was like, y'all keep saying mental health, mental health, mental health. But then you're telling me to deal with a situation that's bad for my mental health. And but because I, I don't have to deal with it, I'm walking away from it because I actually do care about my mental health. Yeah. And well, it gets into like just the media framing of things of just because somebody thinks differently from you. And like I said, I walk back to jackass piece because he's he's participating in a lot of jackass. We don't get me wrong. But for this specific event, it's like, hey, man. We just would handle things differently. And he's like, bro, how many people do you know that walked off walk off the job? I just did it on, on national TV. And because he's himself. And let me tell you, and this gets even deeper into what I'm about to say, because I have a strong opinion about this person too. And ironically, a week after he's cut, who is he hanging out with? Yeezy, 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 how you doing, huh? Now, a lot of people think that Kanye has issues. And he it's documented. He said that he's bipolar. And I believe it. And obviously, he's an uber-talented person himself. Right? He's very talented. We know this. He's a billionaire. He's hanging out with Kanye immediately after. And people think that, he's, that, that Kanye's a guy that's got issues, too. Are they hanging I, I out? I know who's hanging out with him. <laughs> I, it was both. I, I think they both agree. And then you got Floyd Mayweather, right? Somebody that gets hit in the head all the time. But none, well, actually, he doesn't get hit. <laughs> he doesn't get tagged. But he still has fought in a lot of boxing matches mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And so, um, 
I guess my point in saying that and bringing Kanye into this is that you look at a guy like Kanye and people think that Kanye's crazy because he basically kind of says how he feels and people are like, man, you use the term jackass and how you walked it back. Barack Obama called Kanye a jackass for going on the stage and telling Taylor Swift in the midst of her accepting a speech for best female video at the MTV Awards that Beyonce had the best video of all time. And I think that we all, even me as a Kanye fan too, looked at that and said, you you probably shouldn't have did, I wouldn't have done it. Like, even if I felt that way, like I wouldn't have done it. Right. Kanye, he's also somebody that, and he actually, the difference between him and AB as an athlete versus like a artist is that AB really ain't been told no. Kanye's been shut out because fucking Jay-Z told him no. Hey, but you know another <laughs> difference? difference? Kanye, Kanye doesn't need a league to make to make money yeah, off of his skills. Whereas AB. But he has a label too. But he won't get cut from that label. Ever. Right. But AB never fucking cut Kanye. Like that no, would but, never happen. But AB. AB needs to play on the team to utilize his his best skill that we're aware of. And more importantly, in sports, your talent erodes. Father time is undefeated unless your name is Tom Brady. So regardless, you're not going to be better. Kanye will make music for the next 30 years, even if he's just producing. He will still be just as talented to do this, like do his job. Or I'm sorry, or he'll make shoes and clothes. I I don't know. He'll do. He's he. It is different from that perspective. I well, see. Hey, we got saying. a fashion overdue. That nigga can't. He gonna model for a little bit. Man. And he got he got he got a song he just dropped. Yeah, well, and I guess he was in the studio with Kanye too. Well, he said he made that two years ago. But I just wanted to to hit that a little bit because I I think it deserves light because. Everybody has different goals. Everybody has different temperaments. And one thing that I liked about what AB pulled out of this, he's like, I play football. I'm not just a football player. Like, there are things that are more important to me than success in this football stuff. And if you're going to violate the things that are most important to me, I want to play football. I'm good at football. But I'm good at life too, and I've proven to be good at life. And I'm gonna more be right. athlete. Yeah, more than an athlete. So uh, after that, man, let's get to, let's get to what we what we're here for, man. It's championship week. It's championship week. You got the picks ready? Do you want to preview the games first? Let's preview the games, and then I'll go into the picks. All right, man. So we we have because because I'm sorry not to uh, cut you off, but you got it. We've only got two games, and like last week, I did you know eight pack because I picked either a winner or a spread, and then the over unders. We only have four here, but I'm going to do something that is unprecedented on this podcast. Once we get to the picks, we're going to give you two prop bets. But let's go into the analysis of the games. You like it? I love it. So, let, 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 oh my god, let's start with the NFC. We have it's the rematch. I mean, both. Size it's rematch. We have a rematch. The Rams have lost their last six games against the 49ers. Most recently, uh, week 18 game where they had a 17 point lead. Matt Stafford has been almost flawless in the playoffs. And 
if we look at his track at record, his track especially record, this year with the Rams, he's, he's, he's due for one. He's due for one. He's definitely due for one. Um, so I, I'm so curious, curious to know what's going to happen in this game. Is 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 Kyle going to step on Sean like he has been, or is McVay going to finally beat up Big Brother? Big brother. You know, there was one time that uh, Danny O'Shea beat Kevin O'Shea down Cherry Hill. These things they happen, and I think that. Game like, game like this. Hey, your audio is coming in weird. Okay, can, can we hear? Can we hear? You're, you're like, like static, 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 kind of static, and then I'm echoing. Do I need to jump back in, you think? No? No, we're good nope. now. Okay. So I, I think that, you know, A, we just saw Kyle Shanahan slay another uh, protege um, in the – Ice cold tundra. Uh, now they get to stay in California, where apparently they're not allowing people without LA area codes to buy Ticketmasters. That shit was so fake news, too. By the way, we didn't get to really touch on it, but since we're talking about the game, I might as well bring it up. That was such fucking fake news. I'm a Falcon season ticket holder. We've had plenty of playoff games here. At the end of the day, for the most part, those tickets are already sold out. The corporations get their tickets, and then the season ticket holders get to buy their seats. Very few season ticket holders are going to decline the opportunity to buy tickets at face value to the NFC Championship game. I don't expect anyone to not have the money to do it, and that being your reason for not buying it. Especially so far. Well, worst case scenario, you're going to buy it and sell it, or you know you can get faith. Like, it would make no sense. And so that's why I didn't understand why that got put up, because I'm like, at the end of the day, 49ers fans were going to buy on the secondary market anyways. There was going to be no direct. Now, I know that they actually typically allot X amount of tickets to fans, and I just found this out myself. Okay. When I went to San Francisco, ironically, that the Falcons get tickets that they can give to us for free. I don't even pay for the – you don't even pay for the ticket. And so when I went to Buffalo, that's how I got my tickets. I I did not even pay for my tickets, and I sat on the fifth row on the 50-yard line. Before, that's before. wild. It was wild as shit to me. I didn't know that – now, granted, it's for the premium people. Mm-hmm. So, But, I mean, as a family, we've had season tickets for 30 years. And so, yeah. like, for me, I'm like, thank God. It's like about damn time, but I never knew about it. I never knew about it. So – I don't know how that works with the playoffs, but I can't help but feel like maybe they do give, even if it's just for family, there's got to be X amount. A yeah, lot. there's tickets, but it was it was blown way out of proportion because, again, the secondary markets were going to be open no matter what. They can't control the That's secondary where they were going. I'm just saying that the tickets were already sold out. Like, there weren't people that didn't buy their tickets. Even if they wanted to, why wouldn't you buy your tickets? I got I you, Catherine. Why wouldn't you buy your tickets? So it 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 just didn't make any sense to me um, as a whole. But to get into the 49ers and Rams game, uh, I think that we're going to be in for another dogfight. At the end of the day, you look at the teams, right? You've got Kyle Shanahan, offensive guru. Jimmy G doesn't have to score shit. He doesn't have to do shit. Let's just run the ball and play good defense. And good things happen. Then you got McVeigh, boy wonder, whiz kid, 
pre- uh, protege of Kyle Shanahan. Already been to a Super Bowl. Already had the best offense in the league. But now you've got your Golden Boy quarterback, your top 10 quarterback, your Matthew Stafford. You've got Von Miller. You've got Jalen Ramsey. You've got Aaron Donald. You've got this top flight defense and a very good OBJ. Cooper Cup, one of the best wide receivers, triple crown wide receiver. You've got this team that is so well built and so good. And you're at home, and you know that if you win this game, you get to go to the Super Bowl the very next week. I'm just breaking down how these teams are coming into this matchup. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, you've got this all-star team for the Rams, but then you've got Kyle Shanahan, this this master game plan. Okay. Play caller. Okay. You know – He's 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 winning football games with Jimmy G not doing anything. Yeah, James Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. You own the Rams. You've won six in a row, uh, including a Monday night embarrassment where you picked off. You got two pick sixes on Matt Stafford, which, by the way, Matt Stafford didn't throw a pick against the Bucks. Now, granted, that's a shoddy, you know, secondary, but at best. But at but but either way, you know you. Picked him off. You had two pick sixes against him on Monday night. And then to make the playoff, they could have fucking put your ass out. Yeah. You're up 17 nothing, And then you let them come back. And now look. Now look at what you're rewarded with. You got to play us again. You know what, man? And I, I almost tried to fire Kyle Shanahan earlier in the year. Uh, a guy that was wrong again. I would have, man. Ooh. I, I mean, I would have loved him in it. I would have just wanted DQ to be the coach again next year. That way when they fire him, you know what would have happened. You know Arthur would have given him everything he wanted. Yeah. Hey, so listen to this, though. What's your thoughts on the Jimmy G Redemption Tour? Your thoughts on the 49ers going down to SoFi, getting their seventh in a row, then Jimmy G hanging out down there for the next, you know, two weeks, waiting on Patrick Mahomes. Say, hey, man. It's been two years, bro. I've been waiting for you, dog. I've been waiting for you. Now I get to, I get to see you. Now you got to see me again. And it's the rematch. And Jimmy G say, "Hey, Kyle. Hey, John Lynch. I know what y'all what y'all thinking about and what y'all what y'all doing. Well, guess what? Y'all gonna have to see me too. And y'all gonna have to kiss the ring, not my Patriots ring. I'm gonna kiss my 49ers ring. I'm gonna bring the 49ers back to glory." Jimmy G, Super Bowl MVP. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm going to stop you there. We know Debo Samuels would get that MVP. <laughs> Jimmy G has a big game. Who's the wires? I mean, maybe even George Kittle, honestly, I guess. But, like, come on now. Debo would have about 75 yards rushing, probably 100 over the, in the air, a couple tutties, you know. So, no, so, so no Jimmy G. No, uh, Super Bowl MVP. No, not at all. Even if they won the Super Bowl, not at all. Kyle Shanahan has a better chance of being named MVP than Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's not the shit on Jimmy. Like I said, Pittsburgh Steelers got a bag lined up for a guy like Jimmy. Perfect team for him. Seriously, I think that 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 is a perfect fit for him. Seriously, because he would still win eleven games. He'd always be in the playoffs. 
And I think he's he's certainly an upgrade over Big Ben at the end of the day. I'm so no, but no, that's, it's not the shit on Jimmy G. I just think that um, I expect a close game for sure. And I guess that that kind of hints on what direction I'm going to go with the pick. But I expect a close game. And uh, the Rams, like I said, now it's no longer Matt Stafford can't win a playoff game. So now we got that out of the way. And, you know, Matt Ryan got plagued with that for a long time. I, I know everybody hates me bringing the Falcons into everything. I, I honestly just can't help corner. it. I, it's your corner. I, you seriously, stand up. I can't fucking help it. But Matt Ryan used to get plagued with the same thing. And so um, – I think they got over that. You beat the defending champs. You're at home. But you're facing literally your kryptonite. And um, there's just one thing I have to say about the 49ers. Resilient. Resilient. L.A., the Rams are, are literally what Hollywood embodies. Star power. I be on it all night, man. I be on it all hey, day. Hey. Straight up, pimp. If you want me, you can find me in the air. I'm on it. 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 Time and time again, I gotta turn back around and tell you so. Tonight, crip, crip tonight. So, yeah. I, I, I think we're gonna get a nice story made for Hollywood, and we're gonna have back to back. Home teams hosting a Super Bowl. That's what I honestly think. But let's go over to the AFC now. Uh, Some would say that the AFC championship was played last week, but Joe Big Balls Burrow already beat the Kansas City Chiefs with five weeks, not even within the last five weeks. And And, uh, Kansas City wins that game. They're the one seed. Doesn't matter. So they were playing. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they say it's hard to beat the same team twice, which we saw the 49ers. They won their rematch. But then we saw the Rams doubled up on Tampa Bay. And, and, and you know, I, I think that this game, I don't think we should just hand this game to Kansas City. I think because, again, L, not LSU, the Bengals are playing with house money. They've already overachieved. But the part of that is, is that Joe Burrow doesn't see them as overachieving. He really, I, I really believe in his mind that he thinks this is the standard, and he's going to look at Patrick Mahomes as his peer, as his equal, and say, "I'm supposed to beat him." Like that guy's not better than me. And in his mind, I really, truly think he believes that. And I think we're going to have a competitive game. Um, it's just going to depend on this Honey Badger play. I think that's going to matter, and. What is Chris Jones doing up front? Because, I mean, nine sacks. Zach Taylor, hey, quick passes, screens, draws, chip. Do something. Don't don't let Chris Jones just tee off on, on Joe Burrow all game. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Zach Taylor's going to have to get real creative. And I know that sounds weird to say because they're playing against a Pretty bad defense. We the Honey Badger might not play. Mm-hmm. Um, who is their best secondary player? Uh, Joe Burrow already torched them. Um, now, but you got to go into that environment, which some people are calling the loudest stadium in the NFL. It's funny how they just changed this stuff because it used to be the Seahawks that had the loudest stadium. And 
I don't know. I guess when you're winning, it's just easy to say that you have the hardest home field advantage. Chris Long went. He said it was like one of the best home stadiums he's been in, but he said it's not louder than Seattle. Yeah, but he said it wasn't louder than Seattle and it wasn't louder than New Orleans. So I, lucky enough, have got to go to two of those three. I've never been to Kansas City, but I've been to New Orleans and I've been to Seattle. And I can confirm, I believe that, uh, that New Orleans is the loudest, personally. And I don't like admitting that just because I'm a Falcons fan, but like at the same time, I know, keep bringing the Falcons up. But uh, I don't like admitting that, but that is a true home field advantage. Um, and so is Buffalo. Buffalo wasn't as loud as New Orleans, but Buffalo, it was cold, and their fans, everybody, the women that were sitting behind me were 50 and 60 years old. I saw a Doug Flutie jersey, Eric Moulds. I mean, you name Marshall. Price. Peerless Price, you name it, I saw it. Uh, J.P. Lossman, I mean. Oh, wow. Oh, man, they support. Let me tell you, B- Bill's Mafia, that's real. That is real. That is 100% real. They weren't as loud as the New Orleans, and I guess because it's so fucking cold. But uh, yeah. but New Orleans, for sure, is the loudest. Uh, so does, 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 Joe Burrow drop his, does Joe Burrow drop his balls in, 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 in Kansas City? You know, I don't foresee him doing what he did, certainly, in the first game. Because they did play at home in that game, too. Mm-hmm. And they came back because they were down early. They came back and won that game. So, no, I don't think that he's going to throw for 400 yards and three, four touchdowns again. No. I don't think – even with that week of a secondary, I, I don't believe that that's going to be the case. You know, a trip to the Super Bowl is what's on the line. I think that – and the weather weather wise, I've already looked at the weather. Weather wise, it's going to be about the same as it would be in Cincinnati last week, or or not last week, but uh, Nashville last week and Cincinnati for week one. It's going to be about 30, 20 degrees. So I don't, it's not going to be snowing or anything. So, like, you know, you don't have to worry about that. I don't know what the wind's going to be like, but either way, in terms of coldness, it's not going to be below zero. And so, you don't have to worry about that necessarily, but I just foresee this game kind of being a game where um, they're going to really want to get Joe Mixon involved because they we saw what happened. And even with the Chiefs, let's give them credit for this on defense. Okay. They were, they were pressuring uh, Josh Allen. Chris Jones, he was getting back there. I just remember always seeing him back there. He was fucking getting back there. And that he was one of the players that didn't play – when they played them earlier in the year and they lost, not to mention there was a lightning delay in that game on Sunday night. I remember because, well, I'm a better, and I just remember this type of stuff. And so um, that, that, that also happened. It was about an hour and 10, 15 minute delay. And so um, nonetheless, what a good game. I, I think I, at first, coming into it, I thought that it was going to be a blowout. And I'm going to be honest with you. I actually expected more so if Buffalo had made it. Okay. That Buffalo was going to blow Cincinnati out. I felt like a game in Buffalo, would because these people, they haven't seen a Super Bowl. No, they haven't. But the Chiefs have. I mean, my fucking goodness. Could you imagine? We, we talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, I'm bringing them up again. We've been to two Super Bowls in my lifetime. Yeah, I've never seen the Bills in the Super Bowl. And so can you imagine a home game? And and then it's also a snowstorm going to be up there. 
I think they would have kicked the dog shit out of them personally. But I, with Kansas City, considering these teams have already played each other, Joe Burrow went for four forty six and four touch, touchdowns I, the first game. I don't believe that's going to happen again. Um, do I think he's going to get busy a little bit? Sure, but and 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 I know we'll we'll get the transition into the picks because I don't want to give away the pick necessarily here, but. I actually don't even see this being like that Bills game. I don't see a shootout. Okay. So, as you say that, let's go ahead and tease into your your six-pack for championship week because it sounds like you got the Chiefs covering. No, I don't have the Chiefs covering. I'll tell you what I do have, though. Give me one. What you got for me? We'll start off with that AFC championship. We've okay. got uh, Bengals at Chiefs. I'm going to take the easy route out. I believe that Kansas City is going back to the Super Bowl, and we're just going to take the money on because we want to win. Remember, we don't want to – look, I'm a risky son of a bitch. I really am. I promise. I'm a risky son of a bitch. Not when I just want to get you guys wins. Kansas City is going to win the football game. And I think that they're the biggest favorite, obviously, this week. I would be shocked if the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. I was not shocked that they beat Tennessee, obviously. Anyone that watches this show knows that I picked them both weeks in a row. Big believer in them. Uh, I mean, I picked Kansas City, too, I guess, both weeks. But I was a big believer in uh, Cincinnati. And I still think that they've had a great season. Reminds me a lot of Andrew Luck when he took the Colts to the AFC championship, I think in his second or third year, mm-hmm. they went now, Grant, they got pummeled by the Patriots. That was the deflate gate game. As many can remember. Um, and you could look at kind of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid the same way as you look at Brady and Belichick in terms of within the last four years, the dominance that they've had in the AFC, you could kind of look at them the same, but I believe that the Bengals are going to put up a fight. I think that they are going to have a game plan. I'm not comfortable taking the Chiefs at seven. Honestly, I'm not. But I expect this game to be more along the lines of how that Titans-Bengals uh, game was than it was Chiefs-Bills. So I'm going to take the Chiefs on the money line, and I'm also going to take under 54-and-a-half. Um, and the reason why I'm going to take the under 54-and-a-half, I don't believe that the Bengals are going to get to 27 points. And that's how you've got to look at this. What would the score be if it's tied? 27 to 27 would be 54 total. The spread, the over-under is at 54 and a half. I don't believe that they're going to get to uh, that on the road, especially with how bad that offensive line is. Yeah. I see it being one of those things where it's uh, 31 to 14. And I think that they'll be at about 45. I I just, I, I think that, well, and I, and I know it sounds, oh, i tell you what. Let me backtrack there on that 31-14. I like a game like 21 – or no, 28-24. How about that? 28-24, okay. That's still under 54. And so I just – I don't know. I just don't see them getting the – I don't see both teams getting the 27. And so I'm going to take the under there. And then let's move over to, to me, probably the juicier matchup because I think that you can make a case truly for one of these teams winning the game. 
The 49ers have won six games in a row. We can beat that narrative with the drum. Um, Kyle Shanahan does own Nick Bay, just like he owns Matt LaFleur. And we saw what he did to Matt LaFleur. His offense didn't even fucking show up. So don't you think that they're going to probably play a little bit better this week in a dome in L.A.? Absolutely. It's the California championship. Um, Two best teams in the state. Uh, I I, I like – the 49ers to cover plus three and a half. I'm not even going to buy the point either to make it four and a half. I like them to cover. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I do believe that this game will come down to whoever scores last, similar to all the games that we had uh, in the divisional round. I I, I really do, and I'm just going to take the points on that side. I would like to think that the Rams are going to win this game, but I'm just going to take the 49ers on the points because how can you not? It sounds like a trap almost in a weird way. Uh, what's, what's that line? Three and a half. And we're not even going to buy a point or anything. We're just going to take the three and a half. I believe it's going to be a three-point game. Um, give me the 49ers plus three and a half. And then, as I said, the 49ers offense was practically non-existent in Green Bay. But they made the fucking plays to get that final field goal. And so I expect this offense to show up this week and be able to put points on the board. I expect the Rams are going to have to match them. Two really good defenses. A lot of people would hang their hat on the under in a game like this. I'm not going to be one of those people. Give me the over at 44 and a half, and I'm buying a point on this one, a point and a half, because it's at 46. So I'm buying a point and a half, 44 and a half. Give me the over. I expect there to be some more points scored in this game. Their last game – of the regular season that got the 49ers in the playoffs. It went over. Their first one went under, but the 49ers also blew them out in that game. They blew them out. So I expect this game to go over. Um, I expect it to go over. And for the six-pack, for the first time all season, we get to the conference championship week, we've got two prop bets that we're going to run with. And we got we got two two prop bets that we're gonna run with. Okay, what we got? All right. First one, most rushing yards in the conference finals. So this makes any runner eligible to bet on. We're gonna take Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers to have the most rushing yards in the conference finals. So that's across all both games for all four teams. Elijah Mitchell. We'll have the most rushing yards in the conference uh, finals this week, and he's at plus 185. And then for the second prop bet, we're going to do most receiving yards in the conference finals. And I think that this is just too good of a value to pass up. And clearly this kind of tells everybody who I just have a gut feeling who's going to win that game, even though I'm taking points. George Kittle is plus 1,400. Give me George Kittle to have the most receiving yards of any player. Yes, I'm saying that he will have more receiving yards than Debo Samuels. I'm saying he will have more receiving yards than Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Give me George Kittle. I think they're going to ride him. You know, Jamar went for like 11 for like 266 last time he saw the Chiefs. It's not going to happen again. If that's the case, then the Bengals are going to win the game, which is why they won the first time. I just don't see that happening. That's like, and that was probably a record-setting day for a fucking rookie. <laughs> like, I, I, let's hope so. So let's see for the 
Parlay Pete, NFL, Conference Championship Week Six Pack. We have the Chiefs money line under 54 and a half points. We're looking at like a 28-24 type game. Mm-hmm. Then in the 49ers Rams game, we're taking the 49ers plus three and a half. We're going to go over 44 and a half because we're going to buy a point and a half. And then we're going to go most rushing yards of the weekend. Uh, Elijah Mitchell at plus 185 and most receiving yards. We're going to go George Kittle at plus 1400. And that is for the weekend, not for their particular games. And what it tells me, what this really tells me is if somebody's listening here and this is not part of the six pack, they, but they probably should throw a little cheddar on the 49ers uh, money line. That's what I'm hearing. I think it's going to depend on how you feel about the game. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw a 49ers um, Chiefs rematch. It wouldn't surprise me. But also, let's let's break this down too. Rams-Chiefs is the Super Bowl we should have gotten the year that the Patriots lost. uh, I don't know, the year that the Patriots beat beat the Rams. Chiefs, yeah, but beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Yep. And we had that. Just like how this weekend was, everybody said Bills Chiefs best game ever. We also got that game out of the Rams and Chiefs that year on Monday Night Football. A lot of oh, yeah. people may not remember that game that was crazy, was like fifty-one to forty-five. It was an unbelievable game. Top two yeah. offenses in the NFL. Jared Goff was cooking, baby. Goff he was, was cooking, yeah. Baby. Think about it. Jared Goff looked like the number one pick in the draft. So who knows? Joe Burrow's the number one pick. Maybe he does do the unthinkable. Hey, let's hit this last, this last piece real quick. Uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, I, I think it's a joke. It's a bigger joke than the Basketball Hall of Fame uh, in a totally different direction. The Basketball Hall of Fame lets everybody Yeah, I mean, exactly. You, I think we all agree. Yeah, if you, if you had a cup of coffee in the NBA and you had a big name, you got a signature shoe, you, you're probably getting in the Hall of Fame. If Gilbert Arenas didn't have the guns, he's probably in the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. Why was I literally, when you just said the cup of coffee, the first person I thought of, I was like, Gilbert Arenas probably would be in the Hall of Fame if that didn't. I, that is fucking crazy. Nah, I mean, it is. Seriously, that was the when you just were saying that. I swear that I was thinking of Gilbert Arenas, and I was and I I was a big Gil fan by the way growing up. I loved the the whole zero to hero Adidas uh, campaign. It was great. That's why he chose the number zero because he he felt like a zero. And gosh, he was the first Steph Curry. If we want to talk about, oh yeah, Steph Curry, Dame yeah, Lillard, let like, it fly. Yeah. I swear to God, Gilbert Arenas. Mm, Great point. Great point. Hey, we would we would probably do a Gilbert Arenas appreciation pod in, in off season because he I was so great. I, I love Gilbert. Hibachi and then the God, <laughs> just, bro. I used to look outside of Kobe. Man, I used to look, fucking love Gilbert Arenas. Same man, but anyways, Big Poppy is getting inducted in a, a Hall of Fame. No Good surprise. for him. Happy for Big Poppy. And no surprise. I mean, he's a first ballot for sure. But you know, he he popped up in one report of you know of illicit use. Yeah, but he I don't cares. I don't care. I don't care. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. And the reason why the Baseball Hall of Fame is a joke is because Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens aren't there. Uh, the, and but the steroids, the purity of the game. Guess what? The game wasn't pure, and you can't tell the story of Major League Baseball without talking about Roger Clemens. You can't tell the story of Major League Baseball of, about without talking about Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, his records still stand, and there's no asterisk. So baseball media, get off your fucking high horse and, and, and give players credit 
for being great. They were part of the greatest era of baseball. Again, late 90s, early to mid 2000s. Best time to be alive, let me tell you. And you just talked about it with TV shows and sports. It was a great time. Barry Bonds has 762 career home runs. You know what I mean? Like Barry Bonds got walked down two with the bases loaded with two outs. I don't think you guys understand what type of fear Barry Bonds put into people. Like I remember watching Giants games because baseball was a prime time thing to do. And he's, it felt like he was going yard every night. And if he didn't, he was hitting it to the fence. And I was about to say, and even more so, and I wanted to even explain what you just said, bases loaded, two outs, getting walked up to. Um, yeah, this guy wasn't just a power hitter. He wasn't just a home run hitter. He could fucking hit in general. This was a guy that had, you know, he had these seasons. He's above 300 hitter. I, I, I'd have to look up the career number, but. but yeah, look, look that up because, I mean, Barry Bonds was a 40-40 guy. You know what I mean? Like Yes, especially in so, and we talked about this kind of briefly last night and, that, and why this was such an issue for me. You know, the steroid stuff didn't even come out until he was in San Francisco. This guy had like four or five MVPs when he was in Pittsburgh. So I just – I ne- and, oh, fun rumor, fun rumor that I've always read about. Um, and obviously I wasn't old enough then to really be following sports like that, certainly baseball at that point. I mean, I was mainly just a Falcon guy. But as a kid, like I'm talking mm-hmm. four, five, six. But there was a rumor before he went to the Giants that – what team would have made a ton of sits for Barry Bonds to go to? Who was always winning games? Braves. Can you imagine if Barry Bonds was on the Braves with that? Pitching that line of Smoltz, Maddox, Glavin. Oh, God. Uh, you know, I know the Braves had got Sheffield at one point, but you had Dave Justice. Uh, even the early part, obviously, Deion Sanders was a Braves. Like, Andrew Jones. My, Andrew Jones, Chipper. Uh, God, imagine fucking adding Barry Bonds to the 90s Braves. I'll tell oh you. Oh, my that. God. But, but I'm glad you bring up the point about him being a great hitter. He was a great baseball player. I mean, he won Golden Gloves. And I remember having a baseball coach talking about what made Barry Bonds so great. He's like, man, he was like he takes this many hits off of a tee every day. Now, by the way, because I now I looked it up, his career batting average. Now, this is career, guys. So this factors in his, you know, later years when, you know, it was home run or bust at that point. Yeah. You know, he's Mr. 3000 almost. <laughs> but um, uh, RIP to Bernie Mac. But uh, 0.298. So ba- damn near he's a 300 hitter for his career. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, right. He batted 300. And it's one of the greatest power hitters of all time. For his career. And w- <sighs> And, I, and guess what? He never failed a drug test. Exactly. He just is bought up in that fucking report. And sure, he may have done it, and other people may have done it. I mean, he wasn't Rafael Palmeira who said, I did not use steroids and went and tested positive. <laughs> and then fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not A-Rod. He's not McGuire. Right, he's not A-Rod who tested Sammy positive. So, so. You know, bro, Here's the thing. He didn't kiss up to the baseball media. He didn't like those guys. And Barry see, Bonds, I don't know why he gives me OJ Simpson vibes. Oh, absolutely. Don't they feel like the same type of nigga? Like, oh, yeah. He's like, I'm not really black. I'm, don't they kind of just feel like the same type of black guy? I'm not black. I'm Barry. 
Yeah, but but don't they kind of just give you because he's so cool? Like, yeah, nah, Barry was cool when he had when he had a he had a, the, the dangling cross that the, that the young boys are wearing now. Like, yeah, man, Barry. I and you know, fun story. You know, we were talking about where we were at when Kobe died. Uh, mm-hmm. I brought up MJ dying. Do you remember? Did you watch Barry Bonds break the record? I do, but I I I, I don't remember. I don't. I remember watching. I just don't remember where I was. I assume I was in my room. I was fucking here at my parents' house, obviously because I was living here when that happened. But so. we were in our kitchen watching it, and I still have my Sports Illustrated cover of him breaking that record at my house today. I have like a couple of different ones that I kept because I was a big Sports Illustrated guy. Rick Riley, being a writer for them, I and I've got baseball cards. I have a Barry Bonds baseball card, and I'm not just like this huge. Barry Bonds fan or anything. I don't want anyone to get confused with it because there is no biasness here either. I just think that it's an injustice for a guy like him that's got seven MVPs uh, and Roger Clemens. Let's not forget Roger Clemens either. Roger Clemens, the bloody sock. Um, that's Kurt Schilling, but oh, now you're right. That is Kurt Schilling. I'm tripping. But they were on that. Look, Roger Clemens was a Yankee, I guess, when Kurt Schilling had the bloody sock. With yes. Us. But point being, Roger Clemens when he was with the Astros and they made the world series, like Roger Clemens has seven fucking Cy Young award winning seasons. I just, I don't, um, I don't understand it. Even for my mom, I know there's baseball peers out here, but even one of the things that my mom said, and my mom used to coach our little league teams. Chris, okay. She was the coach. And um, one of the things that she had said, I remember, and why she didn't like the idea of how they were trying to make steroids out to be, was that at the end of the day, hitters timing, and you still got to be able to do that. I don't, there's a lot that goes into baseball. I don't think that necessarily you doing something that's supposed to make you stronger, that doesn't change the mechanics of baseball. You still got to hit the ball situationally. You still got to know what to do. You still got to run. That shit doesn't. Steroids do not make you faster. Like the, the roids. Yeah, this, these are BDS that are just making chicks' asses fatter. It's not the equivalent. They're not the same thing. Like you <laughs> like, again, please. Somebody's like somebody's like, yeah, I fucking did squats and my ass got fatter. And I'm not trying to sit here and talk about ladies like this. But I, what I'm saying is, is that it's the equivalent. Anyone out there with the BBL. If you took fat from your body or something like that, or you did something and, you know, you put it in your ass, it's still all you, isn't it? I, I don't know. It, maybe these are bad comparisons. I don't well, here's the thing, though. Roy's and HGH were all about recovery because you play in a, you're playing 162 games. You're getting older, right. and you just don't recover nearly as fast. But you being good or – Roy's didn't make – wasn't the difference between good and bad. It was the difference between the consistency in which you could be good, right? Great, you know. So, I, I, I look, man. The best people should get in, and if the whole era was using roids, are we going to really write out this whole era? And then it was the ha- most entertaining time in baseball. It was, and when you have a push, Rodriguez, Wire, Don's going for seventy home runs, and every week everybody's tuning in, bro. Pudge Rodriguez, he got in, and he was in the report. Hey, but we talked about Pug yesterday. Look, let's not bring Pug into this. He's arguably – who did I compare him to? He's uh, like Yadier Molina for the Cardinals in a weird way. I mean, the Tigers, I haven't seen – their. they haven't had any success since I've been alive. And so 
I know that they made him one in like the fifties or something. Who fucking cares? I don't care. But Detroit is the godforsaken city. They made it to the World Series though, and that's whose back they were on. Right, but hey, here's the thing though. I, I'm only bringing him into it because if he if he could get in, he should be the precedent, not the anomaly. For sure, I agree. That's fair. All right, man. We're at two hours and eleven minutes. It's I love it. Hell of a, it's been a hell of a ride though. It has, man. You know, I enjoyed you today. We'll do this again next week, and I'm sure I'll talk to you before we record again. Let's get it done. All right, man. I'll see you. All right. Take care.